there's something called the federal do not call list. So it's a government list and it says that if you're on this list, um, they're not allowed to call you. And if they do, you can charge them 1,500 for every call. So the first thing the robot will do is it will sign you, do all the clicking and sign you up to this government list. Once you're on the list, the next time you get a call, you can trap them. Like I said, you can um, pick up the phone and say, yes, I'm very interested in what you're selling. Here's my card number. Instead of giving your real card number, you're giving this honey trap. And that's how it gets all the details. And then finally, the software and the AI generates this demand letter say, you violated the Telephone Consumer Protection Act. Please give me the settlement money. What they're worried about is other people figuring out that you that they've done something wrong. And so they will often settle and sign a confidentiality agreement. They'll say, I'm not going to give you $1,500, but I'll give you $750 if you don't tell anyone. And that that's good, good for consumers because they could just sign it and get their money. Hey, this is Matt Cox, and I am here with Joshua Brower. He is the founder and CEO of Do Not Pay. He's got a really interesting thing that he's doing right now. So we're going to get into the interview. Check it out. My company helps people fight back um, using AI. It gets people money from big companies and people scamming them, gets them justice. The first use case a few years ago was parking tickets, um, helping people get out of their tickets. And we've since expanded to over 200 areas of the law, including what you were mentioning, which is suing robocallers. There's an amazing law. It says you can get $1,500 every time someone calls you. But these robocallers, they hide behind spam identities. They don't tell you who they are. And so what we've built at Do Not Pay is a trap. And that is a credit card. And when they try and sell you something, you can give them the credit card and the transaction declines, but it gets their business name, address, and phone number. And then the AI generates a demand letter and lawsuit to get you your money. And this is really popular with people because um, these robocallers are just getting out of control and someone needs to fight back against them. Right. Well, let's let's go back to the beginning. Like, yeah. um, obviously, you weren't born in San Francisco. That's right. So as you can tell from my accent, I'm from London, England, originally. I moved here when I was 18 to study at Stanford. And I'll use the excuse that the Americans drive on the other side of the road. But really, I was a terrible driver. I got maybe 30 parking tickets um, when I was starting driving. I was really bad. And I was a college student and I couldn't afford to pay these really expensive tickets. And so I had to figure out other ways to get out of them. And I researched all of the laws and I realized if you know the right things to say, not just in parking tickets, but also in life, you can save a lot of money. And so I started writing these letters and remarkably, they were all successful. And soon my family and friends were asking for my help getting out of the tickets. And I was writing the same letter over and over again to help them. And I created Do Not Pay just to make things a bit more simple. And I could never imagine that even though it was just for a few family and friends, it would go internationally viral and everyone hates parking tickets. And that's what made me realize that the idea of helping people with AI and automating legal rights is bigger than just tickets. And I can expand to so many other areas where people are being ripped off or don't know what to say because they don't have the time and money to fight back. Right. Well, okay. So, I mean, in England, like, I mean, were you, are you an only child? Are your parents in the law? you know, involved in law work? Are they lawyers? Are they in the tech industry? So I'm, I'm one of six. 
Um, so there's wow. a big, big family. Um, my dad is not a lawyer, but he's actually involved in human rights. Um, he's, uh, before it became called to fight Russia, he was a big anti-Russia human rights activist. And he didn't teach me anything about the law, but one thing he taught me is to be fearless. And if you uh, are upset with something, you should stand up for yourself. And I think that's, um, although I'm not fighting against the Russian mafia, fighting against parking tickets and robocallers, it's still a small aspect of that, standing up for what you believe in. And I think everyday people should do that too. These big companies know that you can't afford to fight back over $20. People are so busy, they don't have time to wait on hold for four hours to get $20 back from Wells Fargo. And that's what these big companies know, and they're using that. And so it's a good job for software to fight back for people. Right. Okay, so how did you end up at Stanford? So when I was about 13 or 14, I taught myself to code using their YouTube videos. This was before the days they had of these like coding academies and everything. I just used YouTube and there were these Stanford YouTube videos and they were amazing. And I thought if this is what the YouTube videos are like, one can only imagine what it's like to actually be there with the palm trees. And um, it was a dream come true. I think people are much more ambitious in America than they are in England. Um, there seems like a ceiling on ambition in London and, and England as a whole. But in Silicon Valley, it's almost delusional. The sky is the limit. And so you can create something and not have to ask anyone's permission. Just build the world that you want. Um, okay. So, I mean, when you, so you applied for Stanford, I mean, what was this, what was your specific goal in going to Stanford? My goal was to, to meet like-minded people, um, Right. These days, everyone has an app. Everyone has a tech project. But when I was growing up, uh, it was, there was very few people like building these things. And I wanted to find people like me because in my high school, I was maybe one or two kids, uh, out, one, out of one or two kids who knew how to code. And I just wanted to be around more like-minded people and build projects with other people. Okay. And you got to Stanford, you started this. What, when did you so when did you actually turn it into a company? I mean, I, I understand you, you're saying it slowly took effect, but when did you so, actually, did you graduate Stanford? No. So I dropped out after three and a half years. I took something called the Teal Fellowship where Peter Teal uh, pays people like me to drop out and work on companies instead. Um, I didn't uh, drop out because I took the Teal Fellowship. I dropped out because I was too busy with my company. Uh, we were just three and a half years. You, I mean, you're you're two semesters away, or no, you're like a semester away. It, it got to the point where I would forget to renew the server for my website, and the whole thing would go down, and we would lose customers. And so, I it was really a point of where all in or or backing out. And it was such a great opportunity that I wanted to take it and build my dream. Um, I actually. Uh, got a bunch of friends together and we rented out the house where Facebook was started in Palo Alto. And when I dropped out, we were building Do Not Pay For That. And it was exactly like the movie, The Social Network. We're living together, um, like 24-7 working, um, drinking like these energy drinks to stay, not having time to eat. And it was a really amazing time. Okay, so what is... So, all right, so you said you you kind of expanded... Ended your expanding into different um, arenas as far as like fighting back. What what so, are those? When I when I launched and I got all this um, usage, 
um, I had a contact form on my website and nobody knew that there was just this college student from their dorm room building this. And so they would write in, say, they would think I was a law firm or something saying, uh, can you help me? Comcast just overcharged me or can you help me? My landlord is evicting me. And this gave me all these ideas for expansion. And so one by one, I spent the time was heads down building out these new features in the Facebook house. And the very next service we launched was airline services, then uh, bill negotiation, um, and all of these different things to help people. And what's really exciting is the business Do Not Pay started as templates. So here's a template to get out of your parking ticket. But now in the AI era, we're actually using true AI to negotiate back and forth. So one service we have is AI bill negotiation. And the way it works is the AI will log into your utility account, open up the online chat, and the AI will start chatting with them to negotiate your bill. And what's interesting is the big companies are using AI, we're using AI, so the two AIs are negotiating. It's a battle to help people. And we're more motivated, so our AI is better, and so we, we win a lot of cases for people. How do you, do you charge it? Is it just a simple fee or, or is there a subscription? It's a subscription. It's 18 bucks a month. And um, someone gets access to all of Do Not Pay services. Um, and it has a very high ROI because we have people, they say hundreds or thousands of dollars a year. Um, going back to robocalls, we have someone, it was his full-time job for a while suing robocallers. He made about 50,000. He even bought a new roof for his house from all the robocall satellites. So we like to think that it's a lot cheaper than hiring a lawyer to do all this because there's not a lawyer who's going to get out of bed to fight Comcast for you. Well, so how, how does the robocall thing work? Like, I mean, they have to do a certain thing, right? I get them, you know, I get them all the time. They, you know, that shows up saying, sometimes it'll show up saying having a person's name. Yeah. So, yeah. um, there's something called the federal do not call list. So it's a government list and it says that if you're on this list, um, they're not allowed to call you. And if they do, you can charge them 1,500 for every call. So the first thing the robot will do is it will sign you, do all the clicking and sign you up to this government list. Once you're on the list, the next time you get a call, you can trap them. Like I said, you can um, pick up the phone and say, yes, I'm very interested in what you're selling. Here's my card number. Instead of giving your real card number, you're giving this honey trap. And that's how it gets all the details. And then finally, the software and the AI generates this demand letter saying, you violated the Telephone Consumer Protection Act. Please give me the settlement money. And then if that doesn't work, you can even file a court case in small claims court to get your money. Yeah, and there's it, it's cheaper for them to just pay it than it is for them to actually go to court. Yeah, what they're worried about is other people figuring out that you that they've done something wrong. And so they will often settle and sign a confidentiality agreement. They'll say, I'm not going to give you $1,500, but I'll give you $750 if you don't tell anyone. And that that's good, good for consumers because they could just sign it and get their money. Uh, I mean, are they, are, are they allowed to hide their, you know, that, you know, hide behind like a, you know, a do not, you know, where it won't tell you who's calling. It doesn't tell you like I have. The service plan I have tells me who everybody is that calls. And yeah. I'll get the, the things where it says possible scam or possible telemarketer, but it doesn't say who's calling. Exactly. So um, when they call, I'm saying when, when a, when a robo call calls, I mean. 
So, so the government is stepping in and they're trying to stop this at a government level. And so they're saying to all the telephone networks, you have to identify who's calling you. But the robocallers are making so much money that they're finding ways around these regulations. And this is a bit, this is a problem in life in general. I think I call it concentrated benefit, but spread out harm. So what I mean by that is um, a big company can um, charge 10 million people uh, a $10 late fee. They make $100 million, but the people being charged $10 fee, they have no ability to fight back. And so it's so profitable for these robocallers and big companies to break the law that they still do it, even though there are all these rules around it. Okay. Do you have, are, are there any, um, I don't know why this makes me think of, um, there's a comedian who writes letters back Tristan, and forth. Tristan Veach. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he, he <laughs> yeah, had a yeah. book about memos or... Yeah, yeah, it's very funny. Um, I don't know why it makes so, me think of that. So we, we, we've actually built another product around this. Um, so if you get a spam email, so we had a lot of people saying, I don't get that many robocalls, but I get a lot of spam emails. And so we wanted to build a product to help them. And we built a product like an AI version of that comedian where it will add, engage them in endless conversation using AI. So this is another thing, just wasting time of these scammers to stop them from doing bad things. If they're right. all up with the AI, then they don't have time to scam people. Yeah, it makes me think of um, uh, when the scammers call from like India and they'll get on the phone and act like a act like a, a retiree or you know, an older person and they'll just, yeah. just keep them on the line as long as possible. To wear them down and get them frustrated and yeah um, I, whenever a new technology comes out it's typically used for evil first so what we're seeing at do not pay is there's a lot of these scammers they're using fake voices so imagine someone gets a call from their relative but it's not actually their relative asking for money with deep fakes and things like that and so we're trying to give power to the people to level the playing field and fight fire with fire yeah, what's going to happen when, like, right now, they have programs where I can basically, they can take a, a 20 minute or an hour long tape of my voice. Recording no, even, my voice. even two minutes. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I saw one where it was like the longer you, the more you gave them, the better yeah. it was. Yeah. But yeah, that's what's going to happen when. You start thinking you get you get got a call from your wife, and she asks you to wire money. Like that's now you have a good excuse to say no, right? But um, no, in all seriousness, I think it's a huge problem, and society is going to have to deal with it. Um, I had another question. There was one I I watched where people were getting like you you were scheduling or getting rescheduled for like the DMV. Yeah. That was one of the services is that you guys will call and reschedule or or go on the DMV website to try and get you placed higher. Yeah, so we have a bot that will phone up the DMV and, and say with a fake voice, I want an appointment and it will keep phoning up like a thousand times a day to get you an appointment until it finds a cancellation. And this is another job for AI. AI is not perfect. It's not going to replace um, lawyers arguing in the Supreme Court anytime soon. 
but it definitely can get you a DMV appointment and save people time and, and energy is what it's all about. Um, okay. How long have you been, how long has the company been around? So I've been working on it for about seven years, but it's been a company for about five years. Um, when, when I was at Stanford and I got all of this press and, um, virality, eventually the VCs started to take notice and then we made it into a business. Okay. So you got venture capital. That, that's right. Yeah. Um, how many subscribers do you have right now? We have, uh, over 200,000 subscribers. So, and we're only a team of seven people. So that's the amazing thing about software. You can build something and then it scales infinitely. Uh, what, what other, do you have any, any other services that are, I mean, yeah. So what, one thing we do is we cancel hundreds of thousands of subscriptions every year. I joke that you don't need AI to cancel a subscription, but in America, it's such a broken country that you, you do, yeah. um, so some gyms, they make you sign this legal letter and have to send it off just to stop them from billing you. Um, the New York Times, uh, you have to chat with an agent to cancel your subscription. And that, that's a great job for AI. It goes in and it cancels the subscription for you. And all these barriers that these big companies put in the way, such as saying, hey, um, do you want to stay for three more months at a discounted rate and just to waste your time and get you to give in? AI is ruthless and it will just get through all of that and get it done. So we like to think that, so these big companies, they do things called dark patterns where it's these business strategies to rip people off and AI is the solution to that. Um, what about like, like, uh, credit, uh, dispute letters, you know, what if, yeah. you know, what if you've got bad credit or. Can it take, can it do those that later help fix your credit or help get things taken off your credit? Yeah. So my mission at do not pay is to replace lawyers so that the average person doesn't need to hire a lawyer. And we looked at credit dispute companies and these companies are evil because they charge people thousands of dollars just to do a very simple fix on their credit report. And so we decided to replace them and we didn't know anything about credit reporting. And so what we did is we had, I had one of my team members interview for a job at a credit repair agency to find out exactly what they do so that we could automate it with AI. And we, we figured out what they did and, and we've got that as a product now. And similar to other types of disputes, it's really about just sending in these letters under the Fair Credit Reporting Act and causing so much paperwork for these companies that they don't respond and then the consumer wins and the negative items get removed. And that would be something that a consumer would previously pay thousands of dollars for, but it's now included in our list of services and people love that. Do you have any, any stories or anything of any, uh, specific cases or, um, any, any more of any, anything, you know, interesting that, uh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Any interesting cases that you've, that you've handled? Yeah, recently um, we had an elderly consumer from Boston um, use our service to get out of a timeshare. Um, they had signed, got suckered into the timeshare agreement and the AI found a way out. Um, there's uh, a cooling off period in the timeshare agreement and by law. 
and it generated this really aggressive letter and got this person out of the timeshare. I think they were like over the age of 80. Um, and the timeshare was actually in um, Mexico. Um, so it's not even just about US law sometimes. It can go cross-border in, in helping people. And it, it's really a shame, like er, the kind of number of people who are getting ripped off every day um, is really sad. In, in the UK, I feel like it's a much fairer country. The consumer rights are much stronger. So, for example, if your flight is delayed in England, where I'm from, you get the refund automatically to your bank account. In the US, you have to apply for the refund. And so there's all these um, hoops you have to jump through that, that we're dealing with every day. Yeah, I was going to say, I have, I, I this, this was a while ago. This is probably 20 years ago. I remember we went to a, a hotel in Puerto Rico, my wife and I at the time, and several things happened. Like it was a really nice hotel, but several things happened. Like every time I would enter the hotel, we, we would get stopped and asked for our key. And like the third day I said, but why do you guys keep doing, you know, keep like, it's, first of all, it's the same guy. I was like, why do you keep doing this? Yeah. Asking me. And he said, well, there's a nightclub upstairs and people use the elevator here when they should go around. So we check the keys. We check to make sure you have your, you know, your card, your room. Card. Yeah. yeah. I remember going, like it was my wife and I were dressed like tourists. We had a baby with us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we're not going to the club with the baby. So that happened. And another thing happened was a, a staff member walked into our room one morning at like 730 in the morning. Like just yeah. knocked on the door, opened the door and walked in. And we were like, hey, hey, what are you doing? And they were like, oh, and the guy had a drill. They were fixing something. And we were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he he left. And there was one other issue. I remember I went back to my office and I wrote a letter when I got yeah. back from vacation. I wrote a letter and they sent us like five days, you know, four nights, you know, five days and four nights for free. Um, yeah. And and I, I there was another time that like my son had thrown his there was used to be Game Boys. He threw a Game Boy down on the ground. He was like three and yeah. it broke. And I just mailed it back to the company with a letter saying we love your product. It, and I said exactly what happened. Admittedly, yeah. my son threw the threw this on the ground. Is there any way I could pay to have it fixed? Now I know they can't fix it. Yeah. You know, instead they sent us a brand new one with a bunch of games. So sometimes just responding, you know, it, in a way, it, it, it gets you something because nobody responds. I mean, nobody yeah. writes letters. Yeah, I'm the exact same person as you. I don't I, I believe in the justice. It's not always about the money, but even just getting that refund or getting what's right is so important to me. And so I'm the type of person to wait on hold for five hours just to get that $100 refund. And what I'm trying to do is scale us. Um, you're, you sound very good at writing these letters, but not everyone has the time or the skills to do it. And that's what we're automating with do not pay. Yeah, it's funny. I had a, so I have a, we had a, a couple that were friends and my wife at the time had told them, oh, Matt wrote a letter and got us whatever, yeah. four nights, five days, whatever. And so she ended up writing a letter, whatever, weeks later for an, for an issue. And they came back and they were like, they just gave her an apology. And she was like, I don't understand. I, I wrote them that nothing happened. I go, what did you say? I told them that their hor their, the hotel was horrible. I yeah. told them that I would never stay there again. I told them, and I was like, whoa, whoa, you didn't give them an out. You didn't give yeah. them an opportunity to correct the situation. You just told them you're horrible. You'll never use them again. I yeah. said, I asked them, is there any way for us to rectify this? We love your hotel. 
we stay there all the time. Our friends yeah. and family stay there. So I structured it to give them an out. She didn't give them an out. Yeah, so in AI, there's something called prompting, which is where you tell the AI how to negotiate or what you want AI to say. And we completely agree with you. We say, we want you to say all these laws. We feed it, we train it about the laws, but we say you have to be polite. And that's the most important thing because no one wants to give something to a bad person. If you're if you're rude or impolite, they're not gonna give you a refund as quickly. Um, we actually have one product. It scans your email bookings for hotels. And every time you're about to check into a hotel, a few days before it writes to the manager and writes a really polite, nice note saying, hey, I love your hotel so much. Uh, it uses data like, this is my first booking or I, I'm the first time I'm in the city. Do you p potentially uh, uh, open to giving me an upgrade? And it works at a very high rate because it's a personal touch. So I agree, it's not always about the law. It's being about a charismatic, nice kind of letter as well. So how, how do you see this um, scaling? I mean, at, at what rate... Is there a ceiling to it? Um, you know, how, how is your growth, I guess, for the company? I, I'm biased, but I think everyone in America and one day the world can use a robot lawyer to help them. Um, I, I'm One day I want to go international. Um, UK is a slightly better, less broken country than the US, but it's still got serious problems. And so I want to expand there, Australia, Canada. Anywhere where there's rule of law, I think it will work well. Um, we've got our works cut out for us here in America first. We're launching new products every week. Um, last week, we launched a product that phones up UPS and FedEx. And when they promise two-day delivery and they give it three days, it phones them up and get a refund. So we're figuring out a way to automate all of these different areas. But um, every problem and worldwide, I, I think, is where we want to take it. Right. What about politicians? Do you have anything that will write your local politician? We have, we have that today. Yeah. <laughs> and also, also writing to inmates. Um, there are these really exploitative companies um, that charge you like $5 to send a message and we've automated it with the mail. So politicians and inmates you can write to using do not pay. There's too many services to name. Okay. What is one of your, what's one of the newest services? One service we have is called the um, free trial credit card. So a lot of people, they sign up for a free trial and they obviously forget to cancel. Um, so we've built a credit card that um, is a burner credit card that you can use that's not linked to you. So you can use it for all your free trials and, and things like that and reservations as well. Um, and when they um, try and charge you, it declines. So th that's really popular service with people. Um, what kind of, ad how are you advertising this? We, um, do a lot of social, which, which is how you found out about us. We also do SEO. So we publish about 50,000 consumer guides on our website. So things like how to sue United, how to get a refund from Comcast. People find it organically on Google and every three paragraphs is a button that says solve this problem for me. And of course people don't like to read. They just would prefer that software does it for them. So that, that's really it. Um, we don't spend that much money on advertising. Um, people just love our product and word of mouth and, and those two, two ways is how we grow. Do you have, so you're saying social, um, you know, you, you do uh, social media, but I mean, I saw your Instagram. Do you have any, do you have TikTok or? 
we have TikTok where we're really doubling down on it. Um, I've realized the power of it. So not advertising on those platforms, but just content that appeals to people. So I think the way you discovered us is we did this post about how to do robocallers. And I think it got 100,000 likes or something crazy like that. And, and people really resonate with this stuff. Everyone is busy and gets money taken out of their account every day. And so um, where they see this content, it helps them fight back. Do you, do you do all the advertising or do you have anyone else do it also? Um, I, no, we, we, we well, I, I do it. Uh, one of my teammates does it. We're, we're not experts at anything. We just love what we do and figure things out as we go. I, I think I, I would love to go into how it actually works. Yeah, I would love to hear how. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my fear is that that's probably more technical than, than no, my ability, but at high level. So when chat GPT first came out, it was a much simpler AI. It was called GPT three. And about six months later, the company behind chat GPT came up with a more sophisticated AI called GPT four. And what we've seen at do not pay is that, um, and we, we're using this ourselves. So businesses like ours can plug into chat GPT and use it for our disputes. And when they upgraded the AI, it became almost 10 times better for what we're doing. So when we were negotiating with Comcast, for example, the old AI, the old chat GPT would say things like, um, well, Comcast would say, I'll give you a $20 discount. And then our AI would say, um, sounds good. Thank you so much. But now the new AI says, no, I want $100 because there's been four outages in the past 24 hours. And so what's really exciting is we're seeing firsthand just how good the technology is getting. And every every week it feels like we're making years of progress. And I'm excited to see what's going to happen like next year as well with GPT-5. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I mean, my my wife's daughter has like, will talk to like it's a friend and go yeah. like first time she discovered this app she went like all day yeah you know, when i was growing up it, we would joke that like you only had like online friends yeah. you know that you had these friends with these facebook friends yeah that you never ever met but now yeah. it's not even my day too i'm getting old yeah right <laughs> um yeah i mean i have a friend in in silicon valley he's building a company that makes ai girlfriends and that's not a world I want to live in, but I, I suppose it can help lots of lonely people. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got, I have a buddy who, who just sent me a, he had, um, he had chat GPT, write a, an article about me just by stuff it found on the, on yeah. the internet, read this whole article. And I have a, I have a friend that uses it all the time to do, to write stuff and he'll go through and as he's proofreading it, he'll alter little bits and pieces, but it, it is amazing. It's amazing that the, the responses and the, um, well, anyway, you know, all this anyway. Yeah. Well, there is a problem, which is the AI is very dishonest. So the way they train the AI is they make it like us and humans are very dishonest in general. And so what we see in our disputes sometimes is the AI is lying on the consumer's behalf. So earlier I mentioned the chat GPT AI would say, oh, I've had four internet outages recently. And that would just not be true. And so from a legal liability perspective, we have to tell the AI, make sure you stick to the truth. Right. Um, 
And same with writing stories about you, it could make things up. And there's been plenty of cases where someone has asked ChatGPT about someone and ChatGPT has said, this person is a convicted criminal and it's just not true. And it would cause a lot of problems for OpenAI, the company behind it. So, In my case, that is true. Um, I, yeah, well, it's access to justice is something I feel very strongly about. But that, that, that I didn't come up with that based on your example. It would say like, this person is like not well respected. I, I'm not sure. It would just say these mean things. Yeah. Well, like there's stuff that it will pull, you know, the sources it's pulling from. Yeah. Say um, Wikipedia, for example. Yeah. You know, there are things on Wikipedia about me that aren't true that it mentioned. Or it would say things like, you know, there was a, somebody had said something about like I was on the FBI's, like I was number one on the FBI's most wanted list. And, that yeah. wasn't true. And then that showed up. Yeah. And, you know? and I feel like you, you sh consumers have rights. You should be able to fight back against that. If I was saying, if I was going on TV and saying all these untrue things, I could get sued. And the same is true about an AI. Someone has to take responsibility for what it does. Yeah, I can't get Wikipedia. Yeah. I've actually got the guy who has my Wikipedia page, you know, who posted it. I've argued with him and argued with him. And he's, I remember at one point I said, look, bro, you know, this is not true. Like what he said. Yeah. Another, and, and listen, most of it is true, but there's a few things I'm like, I'm just trying to be accurate. And he said, remember he came back, he said, Matt Cox is not an expert on Matt Cox. I thought, yeah. well, I'm not trying to be an expert. I'm just basing it on the facts, but yeah, well, it's difficult. So there are a lot of disadvantages to AI, which is what I was saying, but there's also a lot of advantages, which is it's not biased. It's 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 not that biased. And that's why I think it has some room in, in law because it doesn't really care who you are. It just is objective. It's statistical, so it's flawed, but at least it's somewhat objective. Like, AI would never say you're not an expert. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm very interested in the, the credit aspect of it um for instance there's you know um my wife actually has a family member that has some credit issues and i was thinking about writing some letters you know to try and get some medical yeah. collections taken off of her credit so so the, the way it works is once you you could once you open up a dispute they the person who put the debt on the credit report has a certain amount of time to respond and they're so busy with paperwork that if you just keep forcing them to respond, they'll eventually forget or not be bothered. And then when they don't respond, you win by default. So that that's the way that these shady credit re repair agencies work. And it's an easy job to automate. It's funny. I moved out of an apartment like a, I just like a year and a half ago. When I moved out, they wanted to keep my deposit. And listen, yeah. I, sw I left that apartment as clean as when I moved in it, vacuumed it, cleaned the carpets, painted, yeah. you know, you know, you put stuff in the walls, painted the patched and painted the walls. And they had a whole list of things that they said they had to do. Luckily, I took all these photos. But the big thing was I just started arguing with them back yeah. and forth, back and forth. And I wore them down and they ended up it was a it was a it was like a three hundred dollar deposit. They ended up keeping like $42 or something ridiculous, but they were keeping that when it started off, they said, I owed them $50. Yeah. It's, um, 
half the battle in life is just standing up for yourself. And this is my life philosophy. Not everyone has the time or, or the confidence sometimes to do it. That's why machines can, can do it on people's behalf. How, so I have a question when people sign up for the subscription, yeah, uh, is it, do they have to pay like a year in advance or is it just month to month? Two months in advance. Two months in um, advance. Okay. Yeah. Because that's what we see as the success time for most of our disputes. If you think about like getting a parking ticket back and things like that. Hey, I really appreciate you guys watching. If you like the video, do me a favor and share the video to your friends and family. Subscribe. Uh, also, we're going to leave all of Joshua's um, links in the description box. And he's got some really interesting videos uh, on Instagram. So check it out and do me a favor and leave me a comment uh, in the comment section. I try and respond to as many as I possibly can. And I really appreciate you guys watching. See ya. So we're going to be going over. This is real. I didn't think this through. Scams we admire. Like I'm trying to be like a clean cut guy. Well, it doesn't mean you can't admire something. No. It's like you 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 have a beautiful wife. That's true. Right? But then you might admire another woman. You might say, hey, Cindy Crawford is attractive. You know, you might see another. So you you can, you know, re rehabilitate and say, Jess used that's to clever. Jess has killed just about every animal there is in Florida. Oh, um, nice. She's butchered them. Bare hands? She can cut them open, cut all, take out the gut, skin them. And put like all the good stuff in a freezer and then, you know, eat it. She's already told me they'll never find your body. <laughs> She's like, I mean, I get it. Like there are girls that cute. They flirt with you. They send you messages and I get it. And that's great. She goes, but I'm just letting you know, they'll never find your body. And I, like I didn't even have to follow up on that. I don't you know. Like, what does that mean? What do you, it's just like, I just knew it was ominous. Just well, like, uh, got it. No yeah, problem. Yeah. No problem. Listen, she's got me so scared. Like when, when, Women, you will text me, you know, they'll text you, you know, they'll hit you up on Instagram or whatever, you know, hey, how's it going? Or wow, you're amazing. And I'll listen within the first sentence or two. It's like, yeah, my wife thinks so. Like, <laughs> just in case it's a plant. Right. You know, in case she's trying to like go around like, hey, I need you to send something to Matt. Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah, you're not sucker oh, oh so you're them. you're one step ahead of them. oh yeah that's that that's that mentality yeah that's the mentality like for you people that with cons and schemes the the mentality of looking at it from the reverse angle that's what i that's what i always call it too that'll keep you alive yes yes or out of when, when you spin it around and you say you know what let me try to see it from the other perspective coming back towards me yeah now nah. <laughs> nah. i'm not falling for it yeah Good times. Yeah. So what? So what? What is the scam? What is a scam? Because there's no one scam. No. But is there a scam or or, or what? What scams? A, a, a scam, like for the definition of this podcast, is kind of an idea to gain money. Like I might have an idea, like hey, I'm like I might have come across a checkbook and go, you know what? I got an idea. I'm gonna write a check off of this guy's account who we don't know to you, you're going to deposit in your account. And we're going to split it. Right. And you might go, Hey, I'm down with that. You know what I'm saying? That is what I, I don't know who it would be. <laughs> you'd be shocked. Look at you. You'd be shocked. You would be shocked. I know a guy. Yeah. You, you would, you would absolutely be shocked. You, you it's, it's unbelievable, but um, that, that is a scam or I'm even, I consider a scam is like the 
um, what I was privy to was the shoplifters. Like I, uh, I knew, I knew four ladies that did shoplifting. Right. And like, I was lucky enough to sit in on one of their meetings, you know, because they have one person that draws in the security. So the other three are actually going to steal and get away. And the other one's going to draw security and draw security, like act like she's not steal anything. Be be absolutely sloppy. Obvious. Obvious. So that security kind of hangs out and kind of watches her and right. they really focus and, on sharing. But. And, and and what they do is they they come in all separate and then they all watch her to see if she, oh yeah, she's being watched. Let's go. You know, don't that is a scam. You know, because a they're well working. choreographed. Yes. Chore, yes. Well, something that's pre I was I was pre planned, but I really I wanna use the legal term premeditated. Mm. <laughs> That's that's when you know you've turned turned a corner. Yes, when you start using that's the, right. When you start, start using the legal term. Yes, the law enforcement term. So pre so premeditated. So if if I told you, hey, I'm gonna write you a check. This is premeditated. Whereas I could have just wrote you a check and said, hey, I'm gonna give you a hundred bucks. I need you to cash it. I, I could lie. Right. But to to put everyone in on it is is the scam. You know, me, like we're all working together to obtain money. That is what we call a scam. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we're, because what what happened scheme. was. Scheme. Scheme really isn't illegal, by the way. The term scheme. Yes. That's that's what I was thinking. Scheme is, is, is to me. Sounds sing, illegal. Well, right. Scheme seems singular. Like if you okay. use the word scheme, it seems like it would only be one person. Really? Yeah, a, a, a scheme seems like so. Then, in my mind, a scheme would have a a uh, mastermind, you know, which means like that one person is the ultimate benefactor, and all you know. I, I spent a lot of time in jail thinking about <laughs> the differences. So I, does it I, reflect? I, I think, what I think, whatever. They're they're they're. There's synonyms. Anyway, whatever, <laughs> roughly. So, yeah, so, so what, yeah, like okay. one person benefiting. So you got the little benefactors out say, there. So, uh, so, so that a scam. So a scam is a group effort. Like, hey, I got an idea. <laughs> okay, Let's so do what, this. what, what happened? I disagree. But what happened? <laughs> what, what? I don't understand. So you, that's the scam you admire, the one where they're shoplifting, or just you admire the fact that they drew law yeah. enforcement away? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because of the brilliance of it, well, like you, like you would say that only because it, I'm given the simplicity of it, right? But it, to watch that in action, because it works. So the 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 one person that's the um, the draw, the person that draws the attention, actually gets stopped at the register, right? And, and, right? and, and, and what's and, so and, funny and, is that they're not in any jeopardy at all. No, and and the other people leave. With pre, like they have orders of stuff going in. It's it's unbelievable. They have orders of stuff going in, and the one girl stopped at the register. Oh, and she gives them a sob story and cry, cries, and then twenty minutes, you know, they're texting on the phone, and it's like they're gonna let me go, and then they end up letting them go with, hey, don't ever come back in the store, warning. right? But the whole time, it's like, okay, we got like six thousand dollars worth of stuff. You're saying she really does steal stuff, and they get no, caught, she, or she she gets stopped at the register. She makes it look like. Right. I was she, gonna say like clumsy. to me. To me, like in front of them, you could I like with the camera, I would kind of show myself like putting stuff in a bag and then move to a spot and then take the stuff out of the bag. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like to me, you get up to the cash register and then they'd come and they grab you, like, oh no, oh em- empty your bag, and you'd empty the bag, you'd be like, What? 
they'd be like, holy Jesus. Like, I, I saw her. I Like, I could <laughs> that see that would be, that would be a, right. And that then they'd have to let you go. It's like, what are you talking? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I did put a skirt. I did put the skirt in there. And then I realized, oh, wait a second. This looks bad. I got, I need to, I took it out. And then I thought, well, I don't even want this. So I just left it on the counter. It's over there. You know? So, but I was going to say, what that reminds me of is the, um, you know, the Romanian wall. You're, it was called the Romanian wall where they had, there was people from Romania. <laughs> Or the gypsy wall, they called it too. So people would go into like, and they, they had video of 7-Elevens and stuff where people would, there would be like six or eight people would come in and in a, in a group and one, per, and so the person at the counter, let's say 7-Eleven, would look and see this group move, you know, coming in and they create almost like a wall. They're just kind of bundled together and somebody else would walk in, crouch down and walk in behind them. So the camera you know, sees them, but the other camera sees the person, but this is just, this guy's not watching the camera. He's watching these people. Right. So they come in and then they kind of move through the store. They have kind of a direction where they're kind of walking and moving. And the one guy, somebody says, Hey, something to the, to the cashier. And he looks over here and the person who's bent down, who he doesn't even know is in the store kind of like moves towards the cash register. He's right there. And so as these guys are talking, he's moving around the cash register and literally they had vi- have videos of this of these guys where the guy will be he'll go behind the cash register with the guy and like go into and steal like all kinds of stuff that's back there that's hidden while these guys are loud and they they're playing music and they're talking and banging stuff and doing this and he's kind of just watching and watching steal stuff go back then they pull the wall back together and the guy walks out with them and all they've bought is like a stick of gum and he walks out with you know whatever hundreds of dollars of cartons of cigarettes or there have been times where they've gone into the safe there have been times where they said like they took a gun they got How a gun the heck? How that 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 and then, even that's... and then later they'd look at the camera and they'd be like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and if you watch it, you're like, "This is insane." Watching that in play, the the know that that's choreographed because like you have to wonder, do they practice that? They have to practice, right? Like it's it's if you watch the the videos on YouTube and stuff, you you're just going, "This is nuts." You're almost like, "How could he not?" And you're like, "Okay, I get it," but from his perspective. He's not seeing it. He's only seeing these groups of people. And then once the guy gets under the counter, he's done. He's done. He would have to turn around and start looking at the videos that are shooting from the other way. And who's doing that? He's trying to see if these guys are stealing. And they are. They're not. They're stealing. <laughs> they're, they're, not, they're, they're, for, they're the distraction. Yeah. Un- unbelievable. That reminds me. That's that's So that's what I'm saying. It's the same kind of thing. Right. You're just drawing their attention. Um, to a way. And that's, that's, a, that's a scam. Yeah. Do you remember... I shouldn't even say this. <laughs> Do you remember when we were talking about? Um, uh, I'm thinking Barrington, but go ahead. No, no. Uh, I'm thinking when we were um, the the when we were in locked up, and we were talk about the uh, identity theft scam, where it was like, what if someone stole somebody's identity? Like, I steal your identity, right? Um, which given that you're a man of color would be difficult, but let's assume I steal your identity. I get a driver's license in your name. I run up all your credit cards. I then borrow money on against your house, the whole thing. But I happen to have a uh, life lock. Do you remember this? Yes. <laughs> so this was what we were, what we used to joke about. And it was, it was, and then 
when suddenly you start getting the, the credit cards, the whole thing. Like I would do that because I'm not worried about him. You know, the biggest worst problem would be that the person you're stole their identity finds out and calls the police, but I know he's not going to call. What's going to happen is once the first credit card starts showing up, you then call the police. Hey, look, I got an issue, man. I got like a $40,000 credit card bill. Right. Someone took my credit card. You call your you call your credit card company. You do this, and then more bills start showing up. You start going, oh, whoa, well, I need somebody to come out of here. Like I got like a hundred thousand dollars in credit card right, debt. Right. Somebody stole my credit cards. No, I don't know. I have them on me. I don't. I or maybe I lost my wallet, but I didn't give anybody my pin numbers. Like this is ridiculous. Right. And it, so you do all that. You run it all up. Then you find out maybe there's a mortgage on their house, or somebody took out a. $50,000 personal loan in your name. You're like, right, oh my God. Right. So we were talking about like, you run it up to like a couple, two, $300,000. Like it's insane. You're calling the police. But the interesting thing about that was that what, what we were saying, well, what you were saying really was you were like, but I know what's going on because I can call the police and say, well, do you have any leads? Well, what's happening? Right. Well, what happened with, and the police would be like, look, we're, we're doing it. We found this. We found this. There was a PO box that was opened. Right. Well, well, who opened the PO box? Well, we, we can't find the person that opened the PO. So you're going through the whole thing or it was an abandoned house. It's actually in your neighborhood. What? You know, but you would know because at some point they would be, they would say, look, you know, we're, we're just out of options. We don't know what to do. And you're also involved because the credit card people are contacting you. Right. So at some point, even if there was a prosecution, the worst that could happen is you were saying you would, you could, you could say, look, I'm not going to participate in that prosecution. I got my money back. The credit card companies paid the money back and, and they, we got the thing with the mortgage taken care of. And, and I, I, I don't want any trouble with who, I don't know who you arrested, but I don't want any trouble with that person. Right. And then being the person, if they did end up getting arrested, I could then say, man, I'm going to trial. <laughs> And they don't like, have the victim. They'd be like, Jesus, no, knowing when the prosecutor comes in and says, oh, listen, this guy's going to show up. He's going to testify. He'd be like, is he? I can't wait to see him. <laughs> we had this whole thing laid out. Right. And, right. and oh, the other one was the, the, um, the identity theft, the life lock, was that you could also claim against life lock right. to say. You could sue. For allowing all that to happen. Right. Because, but when we were locked up, you and I thought, and I, I know differently now, but we thought, remember they say up to a million dollars, it was a million dollars in legal fees that they would pay to fix it. We were thinking that that was like insurance that they would, right? like they would pay off your credit cards or they would, but they won't. It's just, it's just, um, they would just call and file the claims for you, which would still be good. Because because right. you could still say they could do all that for you. You have to do nothing. Is that what they? Is that all LifeLock does? Is just file the claims? LifeLock and um, Home Title Lock. They will hire an attorney that will file all the paperwork to reinstate your credit cards, get the balances dropped. To uh, I mean, now Home Title Lock only does it for mortgages. Right. LifeLock only does it for identity theft. Okay. So if you had both of them, which you probably have to have. Yeah. But you could really insure yourself completely against the whole thing. Yep. <laughs> um, but what we were, when we were locked up, we were thinking they would, you, pay, they would you. pay you, but they right. won't pay you. No, no, no. And, and you know, it's in the thing is too, it's like, it's a service. It's not insurance. Cause they just don't insure you. 
Right. So, but they will pay for the the fees, which honestly is the biggest hurdle. <laughs> if something happens, like right, you're trying to like you got like a forty fifty hour a week job, and you're driving back and forth. Like, when do you have time to write all those letters and try and fix all this? You know, if you're a real victim, if you really are a victim, like that's the problem. Like you got to write letters, you got to send emails, you have to make phone calls. Like, man, I'm working till five or six o'clock. I don't even get home till six thirty. Right. Then my kids are screaming. I got to make dinner. I got, you know, like when do you call anybody? You got to start taking days off work to try and fix it. Yeah. Yeah. No. So count me out. (laughs) So a, a couple of the schemes that I admired, you know, I think we talked about one of them. Which was the um, with the had to do with the Kellogg's? Yeah, yeah. You know, and I admired. You know what's so funny about that scheme is that came to me at, at a phone call. My, my wife and I are sitting at the at the house, and I don't know what we were watching, but somebody called and go, "Hey!" They call up and they go, "They go, hey, they got you on television." I go, "What channel? NBC?" I go, "Me?" They go, "No, they got the kind of crap that you do." Oh. So then I turn it over to NBC, and it, it was a it was a I think it was American Greed. But what was happening, it was showing a guy that was cashing like $100,000 checks. How's that even possible? That's what I was, I'm like, oh my God. So what was happening was there was a oil um, rig. Somebody worked for an oil company in Houston. And this woman was seeing the checks come in to pay the oil company. And what the guy had done was he opened up a similar company with the oil with with the the name of the company. Like right. he went to another state and opened up a company that had a similar name as the company that was receiving the checks. So if we were paying an oil company, if we, if we were Matt and Zach's um, gas station, we might write an oil company a check for like three hundred thousand dollars for a sh- shipment of oil. Well, the woman that worked in the office was giving that to her friend. And he was depositing it into an account he started that had a very similar name as the oil company. This is what right. they were putting out on American Greed. Yeah. So, like, um, my wife and I were sitting there watching this, right? And we looked at each other like, nice. why didn't we think of doing it? Because <laughs> here's what's funny. Here's what we were doing at the time. I'm sorry. That's so wrong. It is. It's a horrible, <laughs> horrible crime. Honey, can you believe that? <laughs> No, it was one of those moments where we're sitting. The reason why that happened is because what we were doing at the time is we were we were making checks. So we would go to mailboxes, business mailboxes, and steal the mail at night. We just looked for checks. And what we do is we'd find a check, and then I would make a check payable to someone off of that. I was just looking for fresh accounts. Yeah. So we were finding all these business checks. In fact, one time, remember, we found a $100,000 check. Right. I'm like, geez, man, I wish we could cash that somehow. You know? And that's, that's what was happening. We'd see all these checks, and we'd just make a duplicate check for like four or $5,000 and deposit it in an, in an account with somebody and just get the money out and run. That was our whole deal. So when we're watching television and they go, hey, he was actually cashing the checks that he was getting for their full amount. You just look at each other like, can you imagine if we had known this with the hundred thousand dollar check? Like, chase. What's I was gonna say? What's funny is people don't realize like you can open a corporation, and then you can open up a, a DBA or a corporation. You, a corporation similar. You could say like you know like let's say there's you know this drink what Ghost Energy drink. 
then you could open up a corporate corporation that says, you know, that that's ghost, you know, distributor. Yeah. Ghost distributor, ghost productions, ghost energy, ghost energy, you know, drink two. Yes. You know, whatever. <laughs> like it's, it's like, you know, you know, of Tampa Bay, you know, of Florida or whatever. You just add anything onto it that changes it subtly. And then the next thing you know, you know, you can go open up a bank account in that name and deposit checks you with know, that name with, or any dare, any any variation of that name because the banks just don't check they uh, who, you know who it's going to the address they don't even match the state they just look at the name and and process yeah i used to have a company you know consortium financial services they would write consortium mortgage this is people paying me yes they'd send me oh consortium mortgage consortium bank consortium whatever you know home loans it's like it's consortium financial services right. sometimes it would just be consortium right. just deposit them deposit them but nobody the bank never said oh wait a second this is an issue yeah no and 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 so it was the, so we obviously we did that picked up checks we probably did over a hundred thousand dollars in checks when somebody called us and said they had a friend that worked in kellogg's that's a, that was a story that I shared. Yeah, yeah. And that's how that whole scheme developed. Yeah, we did because, that whole we did a whole that video made got a lot of views. That's a, <laughs> the Kellogg video. The Kellogg, yes. So when when we called the girl, like you could imagine like we were dancing because when we called the girl, <laughs> I asked her, she goes, Oh, well, I work up in the office and I, I see the checks. I said, Okay, well, how much is a check? She goes, probably the smallest check is probably like two and a half million. <laughs> what? It's like, Man. I go, it's over. We're the, done. Our fraud and days seven, are over. <laughs> the $7 million Kellogg scam. Yeah. <laughs> Selling, no, stealing $7 million from Kellogg's. Yes. That just sounds Um. Yeah, yeah. That, that got like 70,000 views. Wow. It's not bad for my channel. And that was like a year ago. That was a, we, a year ago. It must have been just just before. Yes, right. The right. incident. Yes. <laughs> The horrible incident. So yeah, that that's what led to that discovery because we had we started of all the crap we were doing, we added that to our repertoire and just started making money. And that's when the girl from Kellogg's came into our life and gave us the possibility of getting a seven million dollar check from Kellogg's. I remember telling her, I'm like, we're we're done. Seven million bucks, it's over. We you, give the girl a million. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Yeah, you're not doing it. Yeah, but you know what's so what's so funny is like my mindset back then. Like it was never gonna be over. I used to always say like, man, if well, I just got a few million dollars, <laughs> if I got a few million dollars, I would have said that was easy. <laughs> you think it? Well, well, yeah, you're right. You yeah. know, it was. It was. It was. It was the whole just like that stupid thing I was just making. It, it's that quote. It, it's the there's there's nothing. There's just no feeling in the world like walking in a bank, handing them a fake ID and some fake documents, and then having them hand you a check for $250,000 and thank you for ripping them off. Like, I mean, that's just insane. Yes. And that yes. feeling, you're like, like, this is insane, right? Like, I'm going to walk and walk in there. And then, or even thank you and telling you what a great customer you've been. Like, <laughs> I, I borrowed like a couple hundred thousand dollars one time. And I always hate, I always say this because I had a guy who like read my book who came back and was like, you said you borrowed a couple hundred thousand dollars in the book. It says you borrowed 120,000. It was just like, whatever. I don't remember what it was. Okay. 150,000, 200,000, whatever it was. I had borrowed it in the name of this, a fake, per, it was 
it was a real person. It was a homeless guy. So I, I borrowed that money and then, and he had perfect credit. Right. So got a check for whatever, let's say 150,000 went and deposited it in my bank. And immediately, as soon as I did it, the, the person goes, okay, thank you. And they went, oh, you've been approved for a $30,000 credit card. And I went, you mean pre-approved? She goes, no, you've been approved. Of course, I, of course I've been approved. I just deposited a check for $150,000 in cash. <laughs> I mean, $150,000 into my account. Right. And I do have perfect credit. You know, that guy had perfect credit. And he and she said, uh, all you have to do is is uh, tell me you want the card and we'll have it overnighted to you. And I went, yes, I do. <laughs> a free 30 grand yes, for I, ripping you yeah, off? Yeah. Absolutely. Hand see, that over. See, the problem is that's how you and I look at it as a free 30 grand. To them, they're like, it's a credit line. You're like... No, no, no. <laughs> that's not the way this works. Yeah, that's <laughs> I promise you, it's free. <laughs> There's no payments getting made. No, I promise you, it's free. Yeah. But I won't be no. once they catch up with me. No. So right now, though. <laughs> I'm walking up out of this mug. I got a sports car. I got a hot girlfriend. Yes, I was definitely amen. Happy amen, yes. Going on some vacations. Yeah. Right up till they put them cuffs on me. And that's I was like, right. Oh. Then it's unfree. Like, but... <laughs> going to australia <laughs> you, listen if i was a cop you know how much fun i would have i'd be like when with, <laughs> with a couple of guys that are it's like you know what, with what they're saying you know what like like no no i i i but i i can't you can't arrest me i <laughs> stop it bro we got you on video two of your co-defendants oh, no. rolled on you you know, you know damn well you'd play along you're like oh oh you were going to australia oh. Hold on. on. Let me get the keys to the cuffs. Yeah. (laughs) There's no way. You'd be like, come on, bro. We got you on film. It's kind of like my arrest with the, oh, what is your name? Uh, Albert Henley. (laughs) Albert Henley, you have ID? Of course I have ID. Here you go. (laughs) Yeah, all right. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Then there goes another charge. Now we got aggravated identity theft. He just looked at it like. You're good. Wow. Here you go. Come on. Let's go. Come on, Albert. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Albert, let's go. Yeah. You're going to jail. <laughs> We're not going to arrest Isaac anymore. We're arresting yeah. Albert, guys. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my God. Good times. <laughs> Getting arrested is not good times. <laughs> Maybe so. Get out of here. <laughs> It's fun looking back on it. At the time, it's not. It's not fun. Oh no! It's like the, everything spins in your oh, yeah. head. That and the time when you get your time in court. Oh, it, it's like immediately. Oh, I just got a job at McDonald's. <laughs> immediately. I just, just. I shouldn't have done none of that stuff. Yeah. Immediately yeah. regret every single thing, and then you know. But then you get out, and six months go by, and you're like, "Listen, <laughs> I just heard." <laughs> Yeah, but you you have been sending you money in jail for the past two years. Yeah, but doesn't mean I'm not. I've perfected it. I've thought it over. Yeah, I've got it perfected. I'm going to do it right this time. Yeah, insanity, insanity, insanity. Thought. All right. So another another hustle that Uh, I liked. (laughs) We get back on topic. If you don't mind, but all right. Another one I liked was a guy that was selling um, clean air credits. Oh yeah, remember me telling about that? Yeah. Yeah. So apparently there is, um, passed by George Bush, clean air credits for all the companies that spit pollution into the atmosphere. What they do is they make them invest in companies that actually 
take pollution out of the atmosphere. It's just the right thing to do. Yeah. And 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 so they they created a I didn't even notice existed until I watched Apparently it doesn't exist. Oh, it still does. <laughs> no, I'm saying based on what your guy was doing. Uh, oh yeah. Just, yeah, that's what right. they're probably all doing. Take the you're taking all that carbon and all this stuff out of the air. Come on, stop it, bro. Like well, no, no, we're planting trees. The planting, planting tree, and for for poop, people who process or help de- disintegrate uh, manure and stuff like that into fertilizer that actually cleans the air. Believe it or not, but I'm gonna tell you, like the clean the ocean. What's the name of that company that sends out those bags for? We take gunk out of the ocean. Have you seen that? Those commercials for them? No, I don't so, watch a lot of TV though. Oh, there's there's a comp, there's a one big company out there that cleans the ocean that they claim to clean cleans the ocean, and they go, oh, we are, we're sponsored by so many you know people helping us out, helping us clean. We take donations. That most of their money, I heard this on NPR, a majority of their money comes from the clean air credits. All companies that pollute the ocean. Pay them big time for going out there and taking gunk out of the ocean. Mm. So with those, so those things are still around. What I what it was I didn't know is that there was a marketplace for the balance. So if if corporations that dirty up the air obviously have much much more money, right? Than corporations that actually clean the air. So the corporations that clean the air actually sell clean air credits to those companies and they have a certain amount that they, they, they need to have. They actually fight and bid. It's a bidding war. It's like a eBay for right. the clean air. Cause sometimes it goes up depending on the demand. So obviously the schemer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I just pictured. <laughs> I just pictured Christie's. <laughs> I just pictured a bunch of corporate <laughs> Fat cats on a stage. You should have be- seen the episode, bro. Be- behind the 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 uh, auctioneer at Christie's, and in the in the crowd, it's nothing but hippies. <laughs> They're all like, "You bastards! Three hundred thousand. I'll go three hundred. I'll go two eighty. I'll go two sixty. You know." And they're they're you shut up, Jennifer. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and they've got their group combing their hair yes. and they're wearing flower. Yeah. You're, you know, uh, make it beautiful, baby. Yeah. There's a band, you know, the, the monkeys are playing in the background. That, you know, you remember the monkeys? Yes. I love the monkeys. But anyway, yes. So this, this schemer obviously got approved by the EPA. Nice. But what he did was he rented a, 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 a place rented the equipment. I, I can't even remember how he f- fraudulently told them he was cleaning the air. They came over. The EPA gave him the seal of approval. Okay. Once he got that approval, he went on the clean he air. shut everything down. Yeah. He, well, he leased the machine. <laughs> Listen, when they came and checked him out, mm-hmm. he, he, because he, they would so announce, they, we're coming in two weeks. Oh, you are? Yeah, I need to lease another couple of machines. Yeah. And stick him in, yeah. in the warehouse. Yeah. Turn around back. Get some hippies out here and some tree huggers to Dude, look like we're doing a, like we're do-gooders. American Greed was cursing them up and down. Round up 50 do-gooders. Yeah, stick them in there. We're picking up trash on the side of the road, you bastards. But <laughs> Exactly. American Greed was criticizing the EPA for approving him three three times he was checked out, all three times he passed. Like, yeah, he's doing it. Selling clean air credits. I told you what caught him was he had this penchant 
for expensive cars. He bought like $3 million worth of expensive. He had like a Lamborghini, uh, not a Jaguar, but a, um, what's the other cat car? Um, cat car? I want to say it's, it's another car that's like 100000 Not a Lamborghini, but it's another $100,000 car. I can't remember 100, why. 100000 Lamborghinis are like three, four 400000 Oh, oh yeah. For, for Ferrari. What? what? A Ferrari. But he. he Maseratis. He, Maserati. Like that. that was the other one. That was the other one. He had he had about over like $4 million, $3 million worth of cars parked out by his house. Which it, it would be like someone pull in and you have $3 million in cars. Like in, in, he was in a regular neighborhood like yours. And you just come up and you go like, dude, what the hell is with all these expensive cars? Hey, I'm just living like that. Yeah, I'm just. Um, so they call the police. Just, just that's how just, he got I'm caught. I'm just doing the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's just trying to he, clean up the planet. That's how he got caught. The police come and he's got all the paperwork for the cars. And they're kind of like, okay. And he hands it over to, uh, I guess, a, a, a detective or a fraud investigator who kind of runs the guy. And he checks him out like the EPA calls and makes an appointment. Right. He checked him out without an appointment. Like, um, I don't know how you're selling all those clean air credits sitting in this empty warehouse. <laughs> but I'm finna tell somebody. <laughs> so, okay. So, no, so he told the EPA and. Well, yeah, I think they, yeah. And then they brought him up on, he only, like when it all came in down to it, I think he got like three years in prison. But he stole like about eight million, eight or nine million dollars. I'll do three years for eight million. <laughs> That's what we ought to have. Because a they bit. didn't, they didn't even imagine? know. They didn't even understand the charge. It was it was crazy. It Could, was like a, a unique. They had to charge him uniquely because there was really no crime of of what he was doing, like false statement type of charge, like the one thousand and one, like the the beginning, all the charges making a false, giving false information. That was a char- and that only carries three years. So I guess they he got nothing. But go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was thinking. Um, I was just thinking. <laughs> I was thinking during the Civil War, you know, they were conscripting people, right? So either you had to show up, or one of your ever your family, right? right? Or you could say, "Hey, I can't do it. I want you know, fellas, I want to. I'm with you." But I, I want to be at the can't tr- be with can't be with you. I got to do the farm. I got to do the whole thing. But I've got my slave John. He can go for me. And they would say, "Okay, we'll put your mark here, John." And John would put his mark, and he'd be in the in the army. I thought, what if you were super rich and you're going to jail and you were able to say, "Listen, I know I got four years, or I know I got three years. I can't go." But Matt will do my time for me. And then I have to compensate Matt to do my time. Like, bro, you know, I, I, I would, I would I, I'm ready I've to sat, sign up. Like, I'll do, go do what kind of first in the custody level. Like, oh, no, you're going, you're going to a pen. Oh, Matt, how much for the pen? Listen, pen's 150000 a year, 200000 a year. And I'll do four years. I'll do four years, do four years for you. But you got to, you know, but it's going to be a million dollars up front in my lawyers, you know, you, could you imagine if you could negotiate that? And in a way, you're, I think I know what you're going to say. You know, in a way, people do. You can. I'll tell you an incident where I, that I know about, but go ahead. Oh, I was saying, I was going to say, I sat in county jail one time 
wondering if it was possible to get someone else to do my sentence. Like I, I've like you were describing about the you being me. Yeah. Like, like I told myself, how much would it disturb the system if I allow someone to become me and they just go turn? Hey, I'm Isaac Allen. Well, no, and no, they turn I, I mean, like, 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 if there was actually a system. Oh, like you a, mean like a le- legal system? Legal I'm capitalized. Legal capitalized. Look, you, you're, you got to do this much time. You have to give us this much time and say, listen, I, I'm not going to, but I've, I've paid this service, and they're going to provide someone that will do that time for me. And they go, okay. Do you have the paperwork? Do you have an SS12 form? Yes. Do you have a 722 form? Yes. Did he sign? Do I, I need your driver's license? Oh, I got my driver's license. Like, okay, boom, and he goes in for you. Like, makes th- me think of Palmer. Right? He'd be right. Though there are people you. that will do that, but yeah. they, they would do that. And here's, here's an example of that. A real world example. We used to call this guy the. Um, uh, they used to call. They were calling him the uh, Mexican Tony Soprano. There was a cartel member in Atlanta that had gotten like fifteen or twenty years, right? Like he's got like seven lawyers, and this was in Atlanta in uh, Atlanta City Detention Center, right? ACDC, where you could you would meet with your lawyer in in the unit. They would walk in into a room and it was like a glass room like there's a glass wall and well you know a glass you know it's it's the metal piping with the thing you'd walk in there with your lawyer or whoever and you'd they'd close the door and you'd sit there and have a conversation um he crews like five six lawyers showed up every time to see this guy he had tons of money his celly just to let you i'm just saying this is the kind of guy he was you know his celly was a black guy that was complaining because his baby's mama's car had broke down and it just blew, like the engine blew. Right. And he went, he goes, yeah. He said, give me your address. I'll get her another car. Have somebody drop a car off. And he goes, no, man, you don't understand. He's like, no, I understand. She needs a car. And he's like, are you serious? And he said, yeah, man, yeah. This is a guy that every time commissary came, like his bag was full and three other guys' bags were full that he I was met buying. people like that. Right. So... Meaning he's putting money on other people's um, commissary accounts to buy him stuff, and he they get twenty percent. Right. So he uh, what he did was oh by the way that guy like he, when that whole thing happened I remember like three days later um, he he got off the phone with his girlfriend and said you're not gonna believe this we were sitting there I remember we were playing chess oh, or this something. is a true story oh it's true I was in that, it, like, the black guy came up and he, and he was looking for his celly right his celly was. I forget he had been moved from medical. He was coming back. He's like, bro, remember he said he was going to get a car? He said, Mike, I got a phone two hours ago. Some guy showed up with like a, it wasn't a brand new car. It was like a five-year-old, like, you know, Acura. He's like, I mean, thing has got like 30,000 miles on it. He was like, he just gave it to him. He signed over the title and everything. We were like, damn, like Tony did that. He was like, Yeah. You know, he had a name that was, you know, definitely scream mob mafia. Yeah, no, I mean, they called him Tony. He was the Tony Soprano oh. of, but no, he had a Mexican, a Spanish name that was difficult. You know, it wasn't something like Jesus. It was, it was a hard one. <laughs> um, so, and anyway, so what happened was, I remember too watching my Dateline episode with him. We were all sitting there watching the Dateline episode on me. And I was sitting there just shaking my hand. I kept looking over at him. He goes, you're a bad boy. You, you. you know? <laughs> That's what he's saying, you're a bad laugh. boy. <laughs> so here's what he had done. He had paid a peasant, right, in Mexico to come over through the border 
and told law enforcement who was there and how much uh, and that he was coming and he had this much dope or whatever in the car. Gave him the the type of car, the tag, everything. They saw him. They grabbed him. Boom. Five K one. Then he said, so the second, that was one he was doing. So now he doesn't, he, now he's already down to like 15 years or something. He was supposed to get like 25. He's down to 15. He had already arranged it. And he'd been in the jail doing this. He had arranged to have a guy fly over and land at an airport, like a makeshift air, you know, makeshift airport in Texas. And the DEA was going to grab him. And he was going to have X amount of pounds of pot and that guy was gonna and i was like how much time is it he's like oh no the one guy he gets five he got five years we make sure he you know my lawyer in mexico makes sure that he has the just enough to only get five years and i take care of his family the next guy was going to do 10 like guys are lining up to come to do his time for him so he could get his sentence reduced wow yeah i i I was just like you know that was listen atlanta was right (laughs) But I mean, that's the kind of money he had. There was a guy in Coleman that got, this was a guy who we're, we're talking about. He's like one step, maybe maybe one step behind, below um, El Chapo when he was running things, right? Is actually the person who was running the Sinaloa cartel was El Chapo and El Mayo. Right. Everybody always says El Chapo or El Chapo, but El Mayo's low profile. He's really the guy that started the whole thing and brought in El Chapo. The point is, is that like one guy, there's one guy beneath him and the guy beneath him, that was the guy I was locked up in Coleman with. This is an AC. This is another guy. That guy had, remember the old photo books you could buy? Yeah. The old the, the, ones. The, yeah. They, you couldn't sell. I don't know about where you were, but in Coleman, you they stopped selling the big ones. They yes. were too big. I know which one you're talking about. But he had, you mean the little one or the big no, one? No, the big one. It was a yeah. big one. I know you could only buy the little ones when yeah. I was there. But there were guys that still had the, the big ones. Huge ones. Right. The, yeah, exactly. Like they were like three pictures across and three pictures down. Back when there were these things called photos that you could actually print out. And there were actually photos. <laughs> and he had books full of them. He'd done like three or four years and he still had a few more years to go. And this is the kind of guy that got caught on a conspiracy and got like a life sentence but had worked it all the way down by giving up low-level guys that knew what well, that was going up. to happen. Like he sets them up, like they're being set up on purpose and they're saying, okay, so you're going to load 300 pounds in the, in the trunk and I'm going to drive through here and they're going to, they're going to arrest me. Yes. And then it'll take a couple months for you to get sentenced to six months for you to get sentenced. And then you'll get five years. And then we've already got your lawyer. That'll show up. Make sure you're going to get five years. You're only got the you only got the maximum amount to get five. You can't get more than five years. And you don't have any priors. No priors. You're going. You know, so anyway, this guy had done the same type of thing, and he was going to a he was at a low already, and he was going to a camp. He had photos of him in Mexico where he had to do like so many years ago. He had done like two or three years in Mexico. It was insane. The photos he had. They were allowing him. 10 days a month, you can have your family come and stay, stay with there. you in the, jail. the prison. They had a, a special spot. America. Uh, was, it, yeah, it, it was it was insane. Oh, uh, plus, you understand that so many days a month, you could have other people come in. Like, he literally had prostitutes, prostitutes come yes. in, and they're staying the night. Yes. Like, they're walking him to the cell, staying the night. He's drinking. He's drinking cores, and, and, and he's got... America has the... If you talk to anyone that's been abroad america has the most harshest penal system ever 
of, of all of the world. Um, yeah, it, maybe when Russia. You, Russia might be. No, nah, no, because I met I met somebody in jail in Russia. Well, I met some guys that. Yeah, they, trust me. There's there's not in the world, but there, there's three or four. There's probably let's say there's five five or six other countries that are really rough. But rough meaning so the conditions are. The Mexico conditions are horrible. Right. It's like a city. I understand they're horrible, but in some ways they're horrible. But if you but have the money. Yeah. The freedom is. But in some, so in some ways it's like, what are you talking about? You're letting people bring them food. And yeah, they're allowed to bring so much food. They're allowed to bring so much. They're allowed to come see them and stay in the cell with them for three days straight. Yep. They're allowed. It was like, that's insane. And then, of course, but if you're poor and you go to Mexico, it's horrendous. And you're 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 sleeping in the hallways. You're. So it, it depends on what I guess what what type of a criminal you are and what right. your what your ability um, you know to uh, produce you know or have money is. Um, so, but I was going to say when we back to the scam. Sorry. <laughs> well, I was I only had two. I didn't know if you. Oh, listen, the scams that I I admire are like, you know, I, I do admire. This is horrible. If you remove the victims. You know, I do admire like like Ponzi schemes, guys that do Ponzi schemes, which is really it's just they're just blatant liars, you know. But the if you were to set up a Ponzi scheme, here's what bothers me about Ponzi schemes, is that most Ponzi schemes, and I don't mean most, I mean like ninety nine percent of them, right. weren't set up as a scam, like they were set up as a legitimate business that yes. very quickly goes bad. Yes. Sometimes they go do great for six years, 10 years. Sometimes guys set them up and a year and a half later, they're like, wow, man, like I'm not good at this. And <laughs> you know, where they set it up as a legitimate, let's say I'm going to invest, you know, of course the investors always get in trouble. Like it's, it's a hedge fund. Right. They make a couple of bad, they have a bad quarter. Then they lie about it. They oh I'll make it up next quarter. Then they have another bad quarter. Right. They lie about it. They have another bad quarter. They lie about it. Then maybe they have a good quarter, but it's nowhere near good enough to recoup the losses they've had. Then they have another bad quarter, and they're just continuing to tell everybody they're doing well, and they just keep borrowing and borrowing. And before you know it, it's like so, you know, how off are you? Well, um, you know, I've lost five million dollars. You know, I am supposed to have. 50 million in, you know, the coffers and, you know, and I don't, you know, I'm paying out this much money because I've lost this much money, but I told people that I made $11 million. So, wow. So you're off by, by $15 million that, yeah. Um, you know, it's just, and then it just keeps, it spirals out of control and then they just try and maintain it as long as possible. (laughs) So, you know, if you remove the fact that the people that they're typically taking the money from are just regular people, you know, the ability to do that and set it up and maintain it for a long period of time is is, is amazing to me. You know, that's that to me is is. Well, what scheme are you thinking about? Because you know, like Madoff comes to mind. Madoff does. What bothers me about Madoff is, you know, like he did it in his name. Like he was just he's just an idiot. Like, well, he didn't like you said he didn't start off right. to take money. You know, um, like give an example, um, the like a couple of the, the Ponzi schemes where the guys, the I can show you how to do mortgages, you know, like, you know, what I'm talking about all those people that go 
take buy my system oh, and I'll yeah. tell you how to um buy houses. I'll help you buy houses. Or yeah, I'll put yeah. the down, but you Grant find Cardone. the house. Yeah, Grant Cardone's type. Yes, of, him. Yeah. You know, those those type of Ponzi schemes. Now, those were Ponzi schemes because well, Grant Cardone's not a Ponzi scheme. Like like when you I thought you were talking about two different things. Like he's not running a Ponzi. Well, he may be. I don't know. Well, well, there's one that was a Ponzi Ponzi scheme. I've seen those people get arrested, all of them. Like, and I, I never really understood what they did wrong, but they said it was a Ponzi scheme. And I, I you get, know, a lot of times they typically. Here's the thing I've noticed too. Like I've talked to a lot of guys, this guy Red Bull. They said he ran a Ponzi scheme. It was a business opportunity scheme, but they're actually. They would like it's like people know what a Ponzi scheme is, so a lot of times the newspapers simplify it. Right? Does that make sense? Yes. Um. So yeah, I I I, I hear what you're saying. You know, you know, really, there's so many schemes that I'm just it's, I'm not impressed by as much as I'm just disappointed by. It's like you had something that was legitimate, and you ruined it because you didn't do this one thing, you know, or right. Um. I, I I always thought that it really this was like a legit. That guy said it was a legit. I don't know the guy was like he basically was giving people a credit card. So it was like, hey, you give me fifty nine dollars, right? And I'll give you a, a credit card worth three hundred dollars, and I'll report to the credit bureau. So it's a way to help clean up your credit, right? And then he gives you a catalog. That you can buy from. Well, everything in the catalog is is jacked up. You know, it's all like it's this is stuff he's getting from China for fifteen dollars, right? And he's charging you know one hundred and fifty, two hundred dollars. So everything you can buy is really just it's horrible. Like you buy one thing, and he's not out any money because he took in fifty bucks. Right. It cost him fifteen dollars. Even if you never make a payment, then it doesn't matter. He's not out any money at all. And if you do make the payment, well. That's great because eventually he gets the two hundred dollars back. the The point is, is that was a guy. There was a guy in Coleman who had done that, it was, and it was kind of like a business opportunity thing that he had just kind of set up. Right. The problem was, he said, "You know, I set it up. We started running with it. Started doing well. Started hiring people. People are calling. We're calling. We're getting people in. We're doing. We're doing great numbers." He said, "But then I turned around and he went." to like Equifax and said, how much for me to record these every month? And it was too much. Right. He, they wanted, I don't remember the numbers. Let's say they wanted like, oh, it's like $20 a, a person. He was like, that's insane. Not gonna. And then they said, well, you don't have enough. The, if you have this many people, like a, you have a thousand people, then we drop it from 20 down to this much. If well, $20 you dollars per month. Per okay. month. Then they were like, if you do this many, if you have over 10,000 people, then we drop it down to it's $8. Like you have to have whatever it was. It was an outrageous amount of number for it to get down to where it was almost nothing, right? Where it was cents, which is where <laughs> someone like Bank of America is. Like it cost them almost nothing to report. Right. But he wasn't there, so he figured, okay, that's fine. At the rate we're going, we'll be over the thousand. It'll cost eight dollars or whatever it was. I forget the number. And he said, but you know, but by the time we got to the thousand, like nobody was complaining. You know, he said, like nobody, like even people that called and said, hey, it hasn't shown up yet. We were like, well, yeah, you have to make a few payements before it should. Trust me, we were. Instru- <laughs> He's like, like he said, and a lot of people would just stop paying. So it's like they don't say anything at all. Like they don't want it to show up. Right. And he said, so six months, a year went by. Right. Now he's just telling, he's just 
just telling people, oh, we're reporting. Where are you pulling from? Where are you? Like they just, just. Oh, yeah. Then And I was like. Down yeah, but, the, uh, downward spiral. Right. But at this point, you could pay. He's like, I know. I forget how many millions he ended up making. Five, six million. I mean, he was just tons. And he's dumping money into it. He's like, you know, advertising, paying this. Like, but you're making millions. Yes. You're telling me you made. If I had a, a little scheme that I was running that was caught. Making me two million dollars, and for me to make it legit, I have to spend a million. Yeah, even if I had just a, a million out of my two half, I'll spend the two the million to keep a million. Yes, yeah, he wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. So within a year or two, it catches up with them. Lavish lifestyle, just a jerk off, you know. And then he gets arrested, and then of course they go in front. He's got hundreds. No, sorry, thousands and thousands of victims. So what he thought was, okay, it's a few million dollars. I'll do a couple of years. Ended up being ridiculous. It was like six to eight years or something because he had so many victims. Yeah. Because you do you remember that the the federal uh, sentencing guidelines? Like, if I have zero to ten, yeah, they zero, changed it. They changed it now. But when I got sentenced, yeah, well, zero to. What I'm saying is, than, was it, is it? No, it's five. It was five, wasn't it? No, it was more than ten. Right, it well, was, no, it, it was, goes up in increments. Well, yeah, yeah it was ten and fifty. Right, and, and or then 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 it goes up again. It goes up like one fifty, two fifty, and over five hundred, something like that. Like it keeps going. Oh wow! When I got sentenced, it was more than ten. Then it was um, it more than up, fifty. I think it was up to two fifty, up to two fifty or oh, more. Wow. They changed it. They changed it for real. I got slammed. Well, so what happened with him? With like, let me let me let me put it this way. Let's say I stole a million dollars from two people. Like I stole a million from you and a million from you, I don't get an enhancement for that. Like I don't get it. I don't get an enhancement for the victims because. But if I stole, you know, twenty dollars from fifty people, I get this massive enhancement. It's like, wait a second, I stole next to nothing from these people. Twenty bucks a pop. That's nothing. That's not going to change their life. Right. These guys wiped someone out, and they're like, I know, but they have more victims. It's twenty dollars. <laughs> like even if it and it's less money. Yeah, it's but less but, money and yeah, but you have more victims. Yeah, but that's not like their their logic is skewed. But that makes sense to me. If if because chances are the twenty bucks are from poor people, and you wipe out rich people. So I don't know nine hundred thousand right. dollars from an old retired woman. Yeah, you're right. So then, you know it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Well, that's what it the, doesn't balance. They were trying to change that. There was like an amendment that that um, I forget Fam had put up or somebody. They were trying to you know they never do change them, but they were like when I was you know we were getting these letters like hey we're put this is going up they're going to change this and this and this and like none of it passed. The problem with the feds is it's none of it's retroactive. Yeah, even if it which, does, it'd be new people. Which which you want to kind of say you know like okay so I already stole that money you know you don't make anything retroactive why. Why should I have to pay those freaking people that already already so so you're like oh well this is wrong we'll change it but we're not gonna let the people who got right. screwed by it we're not right. gonna unscrew right. them so I got caught with a pound of marijuana today and I got a year right this guy got caught with two pounds on Tuesday and he gets nothing right because now it's not illegal yeah but when you did it was illegal yes but it's now not right. I get it. Can we let me? Can we make it that retroactive and let me out? No, absolutely not. No, you're a criminal. <laughs> he didn't get it from a pharmacy either. I yeah. know, but it's, 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 he got it from the same guy I got it from. 
you know it doesn't matter yeah it's 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 crazy it's crazy so yeah they never made any of those um victim changes retroactive but like um for me the the ponzi scheme i agree i think it's someone losing control of a, a specific situation like all the all the infamous all the famous ones that i know about yeah. it's just kind of like you get off the handle. Do you remember, and I'm going to say this completely wrong, but it's not even going to be probably valid. I probably shouldn't even try it. But there was um, one guy that was offering a, a, a pill with, that was supposed to make your penis larger. Of course. Of course I do. And he goes, hi, meet, yeah, meet of course. Dick. Hey, hey, yeah. yeah. And he yeah. that. It was yes. so, yeah, you know, he got, yeah, he got busted. Yes. Because like, I'm going, what kind of, like when I saw that, like I immediately, now I'm in jail. I immediately ran to the law library to look that up because I'm like, what Ponzi scheme could no. he have pulled off? Was it a Ponzi scheme? Yes, it was. No. Because, oh, it was dishonest. It was a Ponzi scheme. No, it wasn't. It was because you couldn't cancel it. Right. It was just dishonest. That's not a Ponzi scheme. A pon you know what a Ponzi scheme is? It's it's Ponzi scheme is when you're you're giving me money where you're taking from new victims to pay old victims off. And it eventually, really? yeah. Are you serious? Oh, I'm serious. You're I'm killing sorry. me. I'm sorry. A Ponzi scheme is where you give me a hundred thousand dollars, and I say you're making twenty percent a year, and you go okay, but really I just spent your money on a Lamborghini, you know, and a, and a new house for me. And then when you say, hey Matt, I need to get a hundred thousand of that back, I say, oh okay, Connor, give me a hundred thousand, I'll make you twenty percent a year. And you go okay, you give it to me, and I give you the hundred thousand, hundred thousand, or twenty or twenty thousand dollars, whatever your proceeds are i'm taking from so anytime you pull it out pull out i'm giving you money that i'm taking from mary shelley from connor from jess from so other people are paying in and i'm anybody who says yeah, I'm hey not, man i'm not using it for what you're supposed to use it for right right so anytime somebody says you say hey i give you a hundred thousand dollars and it's been five years it's now worth three hundred thousand i say oh i got it here's your three hundred thousand but I just took their money to pay you. And when he asked for his money, I'm taking from Bob and Jim and Bill oh, wow. to pay him. And so what happens is it's okay. It functions okay if more people pay in all the time. That's what Social Security is. Social Security <laughs> is people. It's it's a legal Ponzi scheme. Yes. Because they're pulling that. from everybody's check to pay out people that had paid in originally. Yes. So Insolvent. But, but the point. meet Dick and, and Jane, yes, that well, guy – yeah, what was it? so? So what you you know? I know this whole scam. Well, you know run what it, it down. The scam, you had that. Oh, go ahead. Go, you tell. Okay, it. Okay, so here's what he was saying. What they were saying was, well, it's a money back guarantee. Like you pay for it. If it doesn't work, we'll give you your money back. And it didn't work. No, no. Well, of course it doesn't work. <laughs> but his whole thing was when people said, "I want my man. I, I paid five hundred bucks. I want my five hundred dollars back. It's been six months. I've been taking this pill. I'm out of pills, and nothing ever happened. My my Johnson did not get bigger, which you promised. Right. And he said, okay, well, all we need is a letter from your doctor showing that prior to you taking the pills, you were this size and now you're, you're, you're still the same size and that the pills did not help you. So just get us a letter from your doctor. If you can prove it, we'll give you the money back. Who the hell? Like, I didn't, if you read the fine print, we have to have proof or that sort of, so, well, I'm sorry, but I didn't go to my doctor and get him to measure my junk before and after. So they're right. like, well, I'm sorry then. How do we know it didn't work? Look how small my junk yes, is. Yes, exactly. Like, so you imagine yeah. people are taking Here, pictures. Here's your money back. Look at this. <laughs> Some people are like, does well, this, here's your money back. There's does no this way. look like my wife is smiling the way that <laughs> chick on the commercial? Right. Right. Um, yeah, so as a result of that, they ended up 
that, so it, it was it was unfair, you know, business practices. It was it was false advertising. It was we, we got to look that up because how would that be even a federal case? Just uh, because he's doing it across state lines, he's doing oh, it all yeah. over. Ain't you know, still in from thousands and thousands of you know little penis men, which, <laughs> which need is, to be protected, which is embarrassing itself. You know, I'm seeing it all lined up in court. Yeah, I still got nothing. Yeah, it's upsetting. <laughs> I wish. What is that? that I, what is the name? What's the name of the of the the scam? Right. My phone's been going off. Um. Scam involving making your penis big with a pill. Find smiling Bob loses his fortune and his freedom. And news host John London has more on the male enhancement pill scam. In this story, it's new tonight at 5:30. Hi, John. Hi, Cherie. He was blinded by his own arrogance and greed. That is the bottom line tonight from a federal judge who hit Steve Warshak with a 25-year prison sentence and a $500 million dollar fine. Is he still in? Smiling Bob him? bumped no, up against the, the face of federal justice today in a case about greed. That's how Judge Arthur Spiegel puts it. He's giving Steve Warshak 30 days to get his affairs in order before heading for 20-plus years of federal prison. This was the perfect storm of consumer fraud. We had a group of consumers that wouldn't want to come forward and say that they'd been ripped off. Warshak started Berkeley Nutraceuticals, which was raided on suspicion of massive fraud. Federal it? investigators say consumers Steve. were ripped off, a hundred million dollars worth of ripping by way of those Enzyme ads that promised greater sexual satisfaction. According Warshak. to the court, it delivered deception instead. Judge Spiegel telling Warshak no. he preyed on the sexual inadequacies and vulnerabilities of consumers so as to keep massive amounts of money generated by fraud. Attorney Jim O'Reilly is using this case as Exhibit A for his new book, Corporate Criminal Sentencing. As we spoke, the viability of the that. entire company rested on the size of the federal fine upstairs. Managements all the time are making decisions that are bet the company decisions. He happened to bet on consumer fraud. He didn't get away with it. Warshak's 75-year-old mother got a two-year sentence. Other defendants face the music tomorrow. And late today, the Berkeley Corporation was fined $15 million. Those running it have three months to pay it, it is not known tonight if they'll sell or even if they'll be able to continue to this operate. This is saying no results. Live in the newsroom, John found. London, News Do, um, I'll tell you when I get home. Hundred million dollar fraud. And he did nine years. Nine years. Could you get somebody to do do it for? Could you get somebody to do the time for? Mine was uh, my fraud was a hundred thousand dollars. I know. <laughs> and I got sixteen and a half. And and my judge feels like that just simply wasn't enough. He's, he's but it that, wasn't, was it? No, it wasn't. It wasn't enough. <laughs> and on top of that, you had an extensive criminal history. Yes. <laughs> my my lawyer. Did you see that look? My yes. lawyer called me a cons, a consummate consummate criminal. Consummate. I had to look that up. Consummate criminal. Yes. When I read that in the transcript, I'm like, "What the heck does that consummate mean?" Did you go yeah, stop? stop. It, it means perfect. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I like it. I'll never like forget it. that. I'm reading it in the transcript. Mr. Allen is a consummate criminal. Did you say, said, Your Honor, minute, if I was consummate, would we even be having this talk? <laughs> if I was a perfect criminal, we wouldn't even know each other. <sighs> Certainly wouldn't have been in front of you all these times. Oh. <laughs> over and over. Like at this point, what's his first name? My. Yeah. Who? My judge? Yeah. 
um, James. Like at this point, you basically walk in and go, Jimmy, <laughs> what's going on? What have you been up to? You know what I've been up to? <laughs> no, that's why we're here. Can't stand that. No. <laughs> Let's not go there. All right. So, oh my God. do you have any other uh, schemes that you admire besides the uh, little dick and guy? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there's a rapper named Little Dicky. Really? Yes. I think there's a rapper, or there's a there's a guy he's named. He's got a TV show now, doesn't he? Does he really? Yeah. There's a, a Black Zach um, guy too. Uh, Black Zach, you're, have you ever punched in your thing? Like this is this is the first thing that comes up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Then this comes up. Then you come up. But the first guy is way better. <laughs> Mix YouTube like have you listened to the song? No. <laughs> Why what is it? Is he's it one is it one song? I mean he's got eighteen yeah. views. Have you listened to it? Yes. It's horrible. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's Xanadu quality. <laughs> You've already got more more uh, uh views than him, yes. Subs- yeah. I wanna copy him. Oh wow. Oh wow. <laughs> Oh, Check out the oh, other black bad. zag, everybody. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> oh, it's look horrible. At, I told you that. Look at the booty on that chick. <laughs> look. Yeah, yeah, He's got the glasses. Yeah. <laughs> I can't dance. Oh. It, 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 look. <laughs> look, look at him. Look at him. Come on, put this up. <laughs> Get get him some views. Get him some subscribers. We the need him some black, subscribers. Yeah. Black Zach. Hold, hold on, Connor. <laughs> it's actually not bad. Why do you think that's bad? Are you serious? Play that thing. I don't think it's bad at all. Not at all. <laughs> It's as good as any of the rap music I've heard. <laughs> he's got a whole. He's, he loves it too. He loves what he's doing. Here it comes, it, dude. It's but, horrible. I, I'm like, what is this? No way. I hope this doesn't get copywritten. Oh yeah, he takes it. How uh, how many songs? He only has one song, or does he have multiple songs? No, he's got a look. He's look. So he what? Well, he's got. Oh no! Oh, he's got. Look at. Tell him to check out my channel. <laughs> we should. You should come back to Matt. Like, thank you very much for subscribing. That's how you should close it out. The other Black Zach. Speaking speaking of illegal, speaking of schemes. <laughs> what about the other Black Zach? The, the guys whose name I stole. What about? Listen, <laughs> I I knew a guy in Coleman that was a concert promoter that promoted several concerts. Right. And then and people paid whatever couple hundred but like i mean radio stations everything and he was promoting concerts for people that weren't like these are artists that are like well when am i going to be in michigan what's going on like he take them and they put the money they send in their money and then they would the promoter would take the money and then they would come out and say hey it's been postponed postponed like on the tickets it says like hey if there's you know weather and this and that or postponements you you'll under you understand and he kept he would postpone it like 60 days, then another 90, then another 30, then 60, and then they just drop away. They just fade out. Just And they kept your money. Right, kept your money. By that way, your money's way gone. Um, yeah, so he, uh, but he 
did a whole thing. It eventually caught up with it. He was in Coleman with us. And when I got out, he, listen to this. I always forget about this. This is hilarious. So when I first got to that, this is a whole sidebar thing. So when I first got to the halfway house, do you remember how, how, which halfway house did you go to? The one Tampa, on, the yeah. same one you did. Okay. So you know, they were tricked. Right, like they were like like they're checking you. You come in, you and then they do Not the thoroughly, but yeah, rule wise, yes, rule wise, yes. What I'm saying is, what when, when, so for instance, people couldn't just show up, and like for instance, and they they told you give did you get the little speech when you got there. Yes, like if you have don't friends come over, they have to be you have to tell them they have to sign in, they have to this like don't have somebody come meet you in the parking lot. Right, like that's an issue. Like if they saw you. They'd violate you. Like, hey, some guy just came by. They'd search you. Like, what's going on? You stood out there and talked to that guy for 20 minutes. And, you know, that sort of thing. You know, hey, that that's a illegal this, whatever. Stand there. We're calling. Like, they, they, they'd violate you. You'd go spend 30 days in the county jail. So, they, to me, they were strict. Like, they had made you clean all the time. If you didn't have a job, you're cleaning all the time. Like, it, they made you want to get out of that halfway house as yes, quick as possible. Yes. So, and I was there for seven months. You know, you were there. You, you had were, a job. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying you you were on home. You got an ankle monitor right away. You yes, were out right 30 away. Thirty days, thirty days. Yeah, thirty days. I was there seven months. So were you I, in there the whole, whole seven? The months? whole seven months. You never got home confinement. You didn't have a where? Home? I didn't have a home. Oh I can't stay god. with my mom. You know? Oh my god! Seven months. Yeah. You and Jess, right? No, Jess got out within sixty ninety days. She was out. Oh okay. Because she had her dad's. Oh, okay. Um, and the only reason that took so long was like he had to get like a, a landline. Like he didn't have a landline. There's he's in Miami. He's got a cell phone. Who the hell has a landline? Right. Um, so anyway, the point is, is that when I got there, I had been there two weeks. I get there. I'm keeping my head down. I'm just doing what I have to do. I get there, and um, probably within a week. Guys are walking around. One day, all of a sudden, within like a day or so, I noticed guys are walking around looking at me, looking at me. And then one day, I walk by a guy sitting on the couches. Remember the couches in the middle, in the yes. day room? Guys watching. He's watching my, this is when My American Greed was on Hulu. He's watching it on Hulu as I walk by. And I hear the whole, and I'm like, I look over and he's sitting there watching. And I look, he looks up, he goes, he just smiles. He was watching. I was like, you know, I was like, oh man. So I then I walk and a counselor, not my counselor, is actually it was Jess's counselor, this black guy. He walks by and looks at me, he goes, Cox, said, saw you on TV last night. And I went, on on what? And he goes, he said, on American Greed. I was like, oh man, he was like, yeah, yeah, you need to hold your head low. Like he was like, give me all the laugh. He was laughing about it. Like they were, but I said, who, who else has seen it? And he goes, oh, we've all seen it by now. We've all, it was everybody, like all the staff member had seen it. So that had just happened. And now the inmates are starting to watch it. Right. And I'm not saying anything. I'm just trying to go to work and back. Right. Like I don't just started my job. So then one day I'm sitting there on the, Sitting outside on the, uh, or not outside, I'm sorry. I'm sitting on one of the couches in the day room, playing on my phone or even trying to figure it out. And a guy comes up to me, this guy that I was in Coleman with goes up, he goes, Hey Cox, uh, you got to come outside real quick. There's a guy outside wants to talk to you. And I went, what? He goes, there's a guy outside wants to talk to you. And I went, who? Tell him to come in. He goes, no, he's in a car. He needs to come, he needs to talk to you. And he goes, you need to come outside. And I went, 
all right, all right. So I get up. I was like, what the fuck's going on? I don't know anybody. Nobody, the only people that know I'm even here is like Treon and I'm working for him. Like who stops? And nobody's stopping by the halfway. Who knows where the halfway house is? Right. I walk outside. Remember how everybody used to stand outside and smoke? Yes. There's like 20. Around the tree. Yeah, exactly. There's 20 guys standing outside smoking like this, staring. The guy that I told you about, the concert promoter, is in a white Lamborghini with the the top off his girlfriend is driving the car blonde blue eyed I walk out and I I see him and I walk over and he goes he goes Matt Cox he's come here come here I walk over and I go hey what's going on I barely I kind of recognized him he'd sat through my my real estate class a couple times we'd had lunch a few times like I don't really remember him that much but he remembered me he said, hey, man, I'm, I'm so-and-so. I was in your real estate class. Do you remember me? And I was like, yeah, man, what's going on? Like, I kind of remembered him. I was like, yeah, that was that was like a long time. He goes, yeah, it was, yeah, it was a few years ago. I told you I'd look you up. He said, I looked, in the, looked you up every once in a while. I would look go on BOP, and I saw that you were going to be in the halfway house. He said, I knew it said Orlando. You were going to be in Orlando. He says, oh, I checked, and sure enough, you were here. I told my girl we had to go by. He said, man, do you need anything? I said, no, man. I said, I can't. I, I'm not even supposed to be talking to you, bro. I said, like, they got videos. Like, you're going to get me violated. He goes, well, how, how can I get you talk to you? And I said, man, I said, I work at a gym. And I told him the name of the gym and this. And I'm sitting there talking to a guy in a Lamborghini in the halfway house parking lot with all these guys smoking cigarettes. Like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> I go, Brad, honestly, I can't. I said, I work at a gym. It's called, you know, Cultist 24, uh, 24 7 Fitness. So look it up, 24 7 Fitness. I'll be there tomorrow. And I turn around. He's all right. I got you. I got you. And I walked off. Called me like two days later, two three days later. He called the gym, talked to me, got my phone number, came by the gym. We talked for a while. Pulls up in his Lamborghini. Yeah, I was just like, like this is not this is my life. I like you know what I mean. This is insane. You know, I've met a mo- since since I went to prison. Like I've met four or five guys that have Lamborghinis. Yeah, you know. I've met two. Yeah, it's it's outrageous. Like I didn't know these people before. Where were these people before? And, and you when were, I had money, you were in a low. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm in a pen and a medium. Yeah, there shouldn't have been no guys with Lamborghinis and pens and mediums. That's insane. Those are violent guys. It's none of them. No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> one of them you introduced me to, which was uh, the guy you sent me to Miami for, the one with the um, liquid. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He pulled up in his Lamborghini. I'm like, what the? F-? Yeah, yeah, good times. <laughs> and uh, the other one is um, who does my um, daughter's hair. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Now, these are all like prison guys with Lamborghinis, yeah. Um, well, no, no, not all of them. Well, you know, prison prison is the great equalizer, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, it, 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 um, Conrad Black was at, at Coleman Lowe. Yeah. And he's a multi-billionaire. Yeah. Oh, I've met. There've been a few billionaires. Listen, I've I've met like three guys. I want to say some. I think I feel like it's three guys. I know for sure it's no. It is. I think it's three guys that worked at that worked at NASA. Three guys that worked at NASA that I met that worked at NASA that were all in there. All of them pictures. I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I don't know what, if there's a correlation there, but the fact that you meet one person in real world that worked at NASA is odd. Like how does, how often does that happen? Even if you lived in Florida, that's right. odd. 
to meet three. Whew. Listen, the 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 military dorm. My buddy Pete said the military dorm. Out of the entire military dorm, there's like 30, 32 to thirty five guys that don't have charges for pictures. Out of a hundred and fifty guys, there's what close to one hundred and twenty that are there for pictures. I just saw that. I just saw that in the paper the other day about a. Uh, a raid and and um, with the pictures. What, didn't I show you when I got the the message where it comes through like, "Hi, my name is such and such. I want to talk with you." No, I get that all the time. I get where yeah. it's just a, a random text. It's like, "Hey, hey, John," or "Yeah, hey, Sally," and you're like, "This isn't Sally." Oh, what's your name? Stop it! <laughs> Stop it! I don't know what you're doing. I don't have time for this foolishness. I, I wouldn't even. I don't even respond to those. I'm talking. I get a text message or or a messenger request. I told you about that one time, and like, "Hi, I'm 16," and I'm blah. And I'm like, "Oh whoa, my god!" Whoa. <laughs> Right. No, I don't get that far. Like, I have gotten. Well, no, because I'm like, oh, she's pretty. Let me just. Oh, oh. (laughs) Smash the stand, jump, start jumping on it. Yeah. I just got a random text just now. Probably coupled with a picture. My name is John. No. Um, To me, all that, that's in in, entrapment. Yeah. Oh, we got to put those out. Get the hell out of here, man. I, I read somebody, I read a case. Well, that happened to someone. I'm trying to remember what was the circumstance behind I, that. I, I remember a case that there was a first time that like the guy, because supposedly in the federal system, entrapment is not a defense. Like they don't want, they don't allow you to say I was entrapped. I was entrapped. Simply because that's what they're doing. Because that's what they're doing. Like I hate it when you use what they're doing against them. <laughs> um, so, so this is a guy that owned a piece of land that was right next to a piece of um, fe- a federal park, right? Like a national park. And the park wanted to buy his land. And he, for 20 years or something, he refused to sell it. And suddenly, some new park administrators had come on board and they were talking about expanding the park. And they were like, well, this is the park that we want. And they were trying to like say, we're going to take it. And he was saying, it, you don't have to have it. Like it, you can't use eminent domain to take my property it doesn't benefit the public enough that you need it. You've already got four hundred thousand acres of you know of land. Like it's right. just stupid, and he wouldn't sell it. And so suddenly he started getting these these emails from a, for a website for pictures, and he he you know um, he deleted it, and then it came again two days later deleted it then another one came and deleted it then another one came and every day we're talking about every day four or five a day of these emails saying to visit the website very specific saying what it was this went on for 90 days this guy this guy like it was something like close to a thousand times deleted it finally one day he clicked on it he said, "I he said I was I didn't know how to make it stop. I'd hit the no, stop to unsubscribe. I this and they showed they proved it. He'd done all this. One day he finally clicked on it. He clicked on it, and it's it's something basically. He said I flipped through some pictures. To, you know, he said very quickly, maybe five or ten pictures. He said got off the website, clicked the unsubscribe, and deleted it." 
thinking maybe that will work. Like it was kind of it was something along those lines. Right. He's trying to finalize it, like get rid of this. There, there was like a sixty minutes about this. The only reason I know it, it was like a sixty six, minutes, sixty minutes or twenty twenty one of those. And so, and, and I could be botching the story slightly, but what ended up happening was he gets arrested like three days later. They indict him. And, and come and arrest him. And during the negotiations, they're telling him, like, hey, look, like, you to plead guilty. Um, you know, like, they're trying to get his property. They're trying to use seizure to take his property. He's saying, what are you talking about? Like, seize what? What do you? My, that has nothing to do with this. And I don't even know, know what happened here. Like, I was trying to get rid of these things. So he goes to trial. Even though his lawyer's saying, you're done. You're done. People have no, they're not going to look past the fact that you clicked on the, on it. He goes to trial and he wins. Which was insane because he did click on it and he did look at the images and that's all the law says. But right. it was enough that his lawyer had put together enough of a defense to say it's outrageous how many times they, they hammered him and bombarded him with this. And so he was able to win an entrapment style claim. Right. And he ended up winning, but it was a, it was, and they showed also that they were, that the FBI was targeting him very specifically. Like, yeah, they were, they were trying to get him. <laughs> hemmed up so that they could get a hold of his land somehow, get some leverage. Now, they wow. were never able to get a specific person or anything, but it was pretty clear, and they, he ended up winning it. Good. Right. But, you know, like you said, like, but that's— Surprised he didn't end up going to prison anyway. Right. But that almost never happens. So I'm yeah. saying like, the idea that he could win that defense, it almost never happens. Never. So it, that's a, a, a an example that— I, I tell you another time, a guy was buying, a guy got, uh, I knew a guy that, and this was pretty well documented too. This is like totally off the subject. Um, but anybody watching this, that's watching this far would probably be interested. Um, <laughs> the point is, is that this guy had, he was buying credit card information and the right. guy said, Hey, what about getting some pictures? I think we all know what kind of pictures we're talking about. And the guy said, Hey man, I sell I sell pictures, I sell videos, I have pictures of this. And he was like, oh, bro, I'm not interested in that. I'm trying to get, you know, you advertised on this website that you had credit card right. information. Like, that's who he thought he was contacting. Right. And it somehow or another, he it wasn't that. Like, they, they were like, well, we don't have that. He ended up getting an FBI agent that was getting this up, doing the, you know, entrap or grab, trying to get people to be interested in this other thing. So... He ends up saying, no, 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 no. And finally the guy says, I have bootleg videos of new movies and I have cre the credit card information you want. So he says, <laughs> okay. Him double. Well, so he says, well, the bootleg videos were just like bootleg videos from movies. So he dropped the other thing. And then they sent, he bought it. They sent it to him. He gets it. In the information, they had put J they had put like JPEGs of photographs of young people. They indict him, arrest him. They come and arrest him, grab his computer. He's got the images on there. They showed that he did look at them for a few seconds apiece. But in his mind, he said, did I look at them? Yes. He said, I didn't know what they were because I told him over and over again I wasn't interested in that. He did take a plea, by the way. He ended up taking a plea because he said, I was so, my lawyer was like, you're so screwed because the law says if you simply have possession, you're already guilty. 
He's, he, they go, and you did have possession, and you did look at the pictures, and you looked at them too long. Like, if you look at them for more than, like, four seconds or something or six seconds, there's a length of time for you to look at it, realize what you're looking at is wrong, and delete it. He looked at it for longer. And then, and he didn't delete them. They were like, so it's still on your computer. You didn't try and delete them. You're guilty. So he just took a plea. He got like, I don't know what it was, five years, six years, whatever it was. For just a few. Yeah, let's see, see. Like, and people say like, well, what do you guys, you get so freaked out if somebody's trying to send you a message or <laughs> hell. You talk to Bozak. Bozak's like, he's like, anybody that tries to contact me that I think is even remotely too young i delete it's like boom no no oh, yeah, no yeah. It, 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 they sneak up on you i, I have a um a buddy my old celly that uh, on his facebook page he, he sent me a couple of them i'm like what I go, what is this oh this is my girlfriend i'm like hey don't send me any more yeah anybody that looks <laughs> yes even remotely yes and what's so funny too is like you could be 25 years old and and send me a picture 25 year olds to me look like they're 12 you know like every, the older you get the younger everybody else looks. So if some girl said, oh, I'm 25, I'd be like, I just chick looks like she's 12 years old. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. So, yeah, I, I could imagine being, because I hear these horror stories. Horror stories. Well, you are, like, I wasn't around them, too. The ones I was around were um, probably successful. They weren't just picture watchers. No, they no, were. They're, they're creators. They're, yeah. They were uh, diddlers. Too. We had the... We had the hands, Diddlers on the roof. Yeah, hands on and hands off. Yeah. <laughs> you know that dude you were talking to? Yeah, you know he's hands on, right? Oh, man. Are you serious? Nah, no, no hands on would be there at all. Oh, at your place. At your place. No, at the low? At the low. Yeah, they were there. The hands on? Yeah. Yeah, these are guys that like put, brought somebody across state lines. Yeah, I, t- I told you. Didn't I ever tell but you they, about it? It couldn't have been a, a full rape. No, this is a, a low. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I don't know about the full. This is somebody who made the attempt or was actually showed up someplace. Right. Uh, the ones that I saw were absolutely hands on. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I don't, well, listen, there was a guy in Germany who flew from Germany to the United States thinking he was meeting like a 14 year old boy or something. Flew all the way there. And it's legal in Germany, by the way. Like the age of consent was like 14. The boy was 14. He flies all the way over here, gets arrested, and says, hey, I haven't done anything wrong. I was in my country. They said, you flew to the United States. He then goes to the German uh, consulate and tries to get help. They wouldn't lift a finger for him. He's like, well, it's not illegal in Germany. Like, I, and I didn't do it. And the other thing is in Germany, like, you didn't do anything. To him, it's like, I just showed up. I didn't do it. In Germany, you would have had to have done something. They were like, nope, 25 years. America, America... When, when when America tells them like like we're take, we're keeping this one, you're, you're yeah. They're it, just, the consulate's kind of like, oh well, there's nothing we can do. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I don't. I, anyway, yeah. I mean, not that he's not a weirdo, but is he a weirdo? I mean, you know, you get to a point where it's like everybody's a weirdo. I, I everybody I met was just like odd. You know, it's like everybody you just meet people. You just I, you know, it, it was it's so I hate to say that I, I would, you know, started to try and figure out what people's charges were like, I, you know, and, and they would lie. You know, they always use fraud. They always say, what we here for fraud? And you mother, why can't you say something you could pull off? Because, you know, very quickly, it's like, oh, what kind of fraud? Um, Credit card fraud. You were charged with credit card fraud. Yes. Charges, charges. The, they actually said credit card fraud. Yeah, it was credit card fraud. Well, there's no char- federal charge for, for credit, credit card, card fraud. fraud. 
So it had to be access device fraud. It had to be like, like if you're going to lie about my field of expertise, <laughs> learn some, something. Some research. That's right. <laughs> like can't, you can't say like, you know, fraud. cannabis. I was receiving cat cannabis in the mail. Say that. You don't have to know anything. Well, you know, I will give them credit. Like if they're at the low and they're saying fraud, that's actually um, security level appropriate. Because most of the time, drugs are medium and up. Right. So there was some there was guys that, well, guys would work their way down from the medium. Right. For, to the low. But yeah, I'm here for drugs. They, they probably feel like they get called out for drugs too fast anyway. Yeah, well, I don't think they, it, it, listen, it doesn't matter. You talk to these guys for, for 10 minutes, and anyways, after 10 minutes, you're just like, no, nah, man. I don't, I mean, even if you talk the talk, like, I'm sorry, bro. You're, you're I don't a, believe you. You're not a drug addict. You're not here for that. that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. Well, I got all the lingo. That. Stop it. <laughs> I've been watching them. Yeah, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, offer. You can start. You, bro, I'm, it's all I think about. <laughs> the ones that you envy? Is that what that's? Oh, listen, I hear scam. Are we recording? Yes. Okay. okay. So I hear scams all the time where... I see it, I read a little article, or somebody tells me about their scam, or I'll see a, um, I'll see something on the news, and it's just like, oh, man, like if they just did, if they didn't. They did. The problem with most people is you read this scam, and you're like, that's a good scam. Like, what went wrong? Like, he did it in his own name. Yes. Or he did it in yes. his sister's name, or his one of his buddies, like, what are you doing? And or and then it breaks down where you're like, why didn't they just open a bank account in somebody else's name or in a fake person's name or in a you know, a homeless person or whatever's name and dump the money in there and remove it? And you're like, Well, and then I, I always have to remind myself, like, bro, not everybody, and this is gonna sound arrogant, has your skill set. Like, not everybody can figure out how to get a driver's license in somebody else's name or right. an ID or whatever. Not everybody's multifaceted right. where they like they just have a scam and they like a pit bull they lock on it. Right. They they're like I could probably make uh I could probably make ten thousand twenty thousand dollars on this, not realizing okay you could make twenty grand. Yes. But three months from now you're in front of a judge or you're just getting handcuffed and you're waiting to be in front of a judge. Yeah. And then you do six months or a year and now you're on your probation and then you start looking back on it and you go Jesus God Almighty <laughs> for thirty grand or twenty grand I just put a year in jail. I, I just put a year in jail. <laughs> right. I lost all my shit. People people never realize like. Going to jail, who gives a shit? I don't give a shit. I'll go to jail for fucking six months. If I can come back where I left off. The right. problem is, you're coming back, you've lost everything. everything. <laughs> and what's even worse is, is that the people you know are the ones that took it. Yes. Like, like nobody came in and boxed up my shit and stuck it in the storage unit. No, or no, even in their it's, garage. It, it's pilfered. You get you get absolutely robbed. Everyone's yeah. taking everything. You see so. somebody two years later and you're like, hey, Jimmy, what? Is that my shirt? <laughs> Uh, maybe it? i got it? it from goodwill 